Let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Grumpy Old Benz for Friday, January 8th, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we shoot more people in two weeks than the Netherlands does in a year. And from America's left coast, where Mexico has decided it's going to pay for that border wall and Canada wants one, too. I'm Ryan Bemrose. We all want a wall. We all want a wall. And. uh According to uh, ACID in the troll room earlier at noagendastream.com, where you should be when we do these shows live, he's like, oh, the Netherlands just released a very concerning news release. He's like, he's like, well, how many people got shot in Chicago so far this year? And I told him, and he, he, he shows me the news release and the amount of people shot and uh, killed in the Netherlands last year. And they're a country of 17 million people, he tells me, that uh, that was like... <laughs> Two weeks in Chicago, a town of three million people. So, uh, yeah, the Netherlands I, need to up their game. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they should just uh, I mean, you're Chicago is impressive, but they really don't have the per capita shooting level that, say, the Capitol building does. Yeah. Well, that whole thing is uh, is interesting. And that's, I think, a part of what we're going to be talking about today is I still don't think we have a choice this. Well, it's it's the dimension A and dimension B thing, which is something that Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak at No Agenda have been talking about. And we've talked about a bit, but it's getting clearer and clearer when it comes to even sources that people consider to be new sources like the Drudge Report, for one which there's a link, it's probably still on there because it was right before the show with the headline, and this goes to a YouTube video, but the headline was shock video shows Trump family partying seconds before riots. And it takes them to a YouTube uh, video. Wait, were, were, were the family like in Washington, D.C. at the time? Like, were they partying at the riots or did they just happen to be in New York doing something completely unrelated? Well, they were... <laughs> In Washington, D.C., but this was, you could tell from the video. Oh, that's right. Parties aren't allowed in New York. I forgot about that. Right. That this was before Trump spoke on the stage at the rally. This was backstage. You could hear the journey music playing. You could see the monitors that were in the tent showing, you know, the crowd outside waiting for Trump to speak. So this was long before anything was happening at the Capitol. And it shows. You know, Trump's kid and Kimberly Guilfoyle and the usual folks, you know, backstage. But this was obviously before Trump went out to speak. So why the headline drudge shock video? What's what's shocking about this showing um, they, they, they they consider it shocking to show Trump at this point? It is. But this is totally a lie. This is totally asinine. This is a very much uh, a story that's meant to deceive. 
because this wasn't showing them. Now, if this was showing on the monitors, the crowds breaking into the Capitol and showing these people like, you know, hey, we're getting pumped up. Well, then that's a different story. But this was obviously from before Trump even came out to speak at this thing. So this just shows you can't trust Drudge on anything. This one thing, this is kind of like Biden continually saying Trump said Nazis were very fine people. You know, it's a lie and you can no longer trust anything. The Drudge report says the the level of gaslighting is in in this country has got from the media itself, the people that that we theoretically as a society always trusted for giving the truth. The the amount of lying and and just straight deciding, hey, this is the new truth and we're going to change it. I mean, you very 1984 has reached the point where, it, you know, I, <laughs> I I commented last show about the the crisis of knowledge that we had. And I believe I called it a, a, a episode. I don't remember the right word. Epistemological. No, I, the the crisis of religion i don't know what it was but anyways the the crisis where you know people are saying well we don't know what we know anymore because social media and i i thought about that point a little bit more and realized that the problem is not just that everybody has their own facts it's that some people have facts and some people have what they think are facts because they've been told this and there isn't actually a difference in the truth what there is 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 a large segment of population who've never seen the truth before because all of the sources that they trust for the truth have been lying to them for years and years and years and i i think that that's fundamentally different from different people having different truths well, i'm sorry is. i got too philosophical well well this is how it happened this is how it happened because you have been taught from an early age And we're going to go down this rabbit hole in a minute. But you've been taught at an early age that this is the way things are. And then this has all been reinforced by media. And this comes down to the fact that, I mean, nobody really fact checks anything. And as I think we talked about in the last episode, even if you wanted to fact check something, even if you want to, what are you going to do? Go to Snopes? Right. How do you do it? How do you do it at this (laughs) point? How do you fact check? They're all. They're all biased. That's the problem. Uh, the best you can do is is go to original sources. So if if, for example, I want to know, you know if if I read a, an article from The Verge or from uh, USA Today that says, you know, Trump's banning all black people in this new executive order, then I'm going to go and read the executive order. If I read a a breathless story that says Congress is banning all guns, which I read about two hours ago before the show, and I'm not planning on bringing that article because I've not gone and read what legislation they're proposing. Going to primary sources is one of the only things that you can do instead of listening to, you know, what the newspapers used to exist to news outlets, TV media used to exist for the purpose of reading these sources and then distilling it down and giving you what they say. And now what they're doing instead is reading the original sources and then using some of the details in there to make up their own facts and their own narrative and then lying straight to your face. And we, you know, this happens so gradually that people in the world still trust these folks because they're like, well, they've been telling me information all my life and I'm good with that. but. 
I mean, it's gotten to the point. I, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm bringing two executive orders to the show today, which I actually read from the primary source. And, um, the article that I started out on one of them was straight up telling me the opposite. Right. Right. Because this is the way the media works. And often now I think this is why they're trying to silence the original sources, which I mean, you can use Trump as the extreme example that, oh, we're going to take him off social media. We're not going to give him any time. We're not even going to let him speak. Well, then the people don't have the opportunity to even go to that original source. And I think that's a a big problem because we're not only getting lied to now, they're now intentionally scrubbing information that shows the other point of view. And that takes it one big step further, I think, don't you? I I think it does. It I'm trying it. I mean, that's a form of censorship. That is saying you don't deserve to know the truth. Um, my my advice for people is and is that if you if you can't get the original source or or what is far more likely with the vast majority of people because there's too much information out there, if you just don't decide to make the time to read the original source, then the next best thing is not believing whatever some asshole corporate talking head is telling you on you know, on TV. Because that person is almost certainly lying to you in 2021. Um, the, the next step is if you can't find original sources or you can't get to them or you just don't have time to read them, then acknowledge that you don't know what's going on. It's OK to not know everything that's going on. Not all of you are Bemrose. And the, the result is that if, if you know that you don't know what's going on, then that right there will provide you an insulation against the well what's going on is obviously trump attempted a coup in the congress that's not really what the evidence is showing us but yeah knowing you don't know is knowing yeah at least then you know what that is that's deep deep. yeah it it is it's it's unfortunate that that's what passes for deep these days but that's okay it's good uh the the most interesting thing about that is it's one of the few things that's in your control um i think what what we're starting to realize on the internet is that uh information is not in our control it's in corporate control in a lot of places and you want to take control of what you know then maybe you start with i don't know this thing this thing that the corporate media has been drilling into my head yeah, I don't know that that's true because there's a very good chance they're lying to me. Yes. And you have don't to, know how they're lying. And you have to do your own homework. And that's the problem when sources or people have been wiped off the face of the earth or that you can no longer even mention them in an example, which is the main story I brought today, which I think will take us down a fun rabbit hole. I mean, you may disagree. Your mileage may vary. But this is the story that comes from the Chicago Tribune. So a hairy hamster will be happy. That's his favorite news source. This is about a Republican U.S. Representative Mary Miller, who was just elected, has come under intense criticism, according to the Tribune, from fellow lawmakers. Yes, you and just others. said she was a Republican. So right. Of course, she did. She made a speech in Washington, D.C. And let me let's see. Let's just take this as far as because I know we were bashing on journalism again. The other day, but here is the exact quote from the Tribune article 
Miller's voice was captured on video making the remarks. Okay. Right off the bat. Wait, how? Right. <laughs> like, are they, are they videoing an oscilloscope <laughs> or something? I don't know. But this is what journalism has become. They don't even understand what the basic words they use mean. When you're going to say somebody's voice was captured on video, you're like, um, I, I've never seen a voice. <laughs> I don't, I'd like to see this. I, I, I have because I, I've taken audio recordings and put them into Fourier transforms and turned them into visual graphs, but that doesn't make for very interesting TV. Yeah. I don't know how you take that video though, unless you have the, uh, you know, a scope with you, but okay. That's okay. Tribune. You don't understand the difference between audio and video, but we're supposed to believe you. So, um, we go to, uh, she made the remarks at a rally Tuesday hosted by the conservative group Moms for America. I mean, this sounds like a horrible group, doesn't it? A horrible, hateful group. A Miller. Well, if, if, if the group were actually true to its name, uh, it, it might not be that bad. But I, I, I've seen enough activist groups out there to know that a group called Moms for America is is probably not made up of all that many moms and is certainly not for America could be i know nothing about them but i don't either a miller- I, I may have just perpetuated a blatant ad hominem attack i just know that those activists in this day and age usually means you you do the opposite of what your group is named yes so the tribune continues miller spokeswoman confirmed she made the remarks which were rebuked by republicans and democrats on social media now the quote is this if we win a few elections we're still going to be losing unless nice of them i'm sorry yeah, the, nice of them to what? Oh, nice of them to drop in their their opinionated section, the the rebuked line. Oh, yes. To, to set you up for hearing the quote. Yes. If we win a few elections, we're still going to be losing unless we win the hearts and minds of our children. This is the battle. Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. Miller can be heard saying in a clip that was circulated on Twitter. OK, you already told us she said it. You already told us her spokesperson admitted she said it. So why after the quote do you have to say she can be heard saying it on a clip that was circulated on Twitter? How does something circulating on Twitter make it more newsworthy? I mean, all this is just, again, showing how bad the journalism is. But we can forget that for a minute and just go to. Why do you read these tabloid rags anyway? (laughs) The Chicago Tribune has turned into a tabloid rag. But this was interesting because of the reactions it came. But of course, the horrible thing is, she says Hitler was right on one thing. Whoever has the youth has the future. And this is what people are freaking out about. I, I, and I, and understandably so, because if somebody doesn't clip one of the two times you just said that line out of this grumpy old Ben's show and use it as a drop on Hog Story or Rare Encounter or somewhere, I'm going to be disappointed. It's a good drop. It is a good drop. But this leads us down that rabbit hole of, well, can the most horrible people in the world, you know, never be right? I mean, the 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 best quote I thought, which will take us down the rabbit hole, because I don't really think I think we understand that what we're getting, you know, from like, uh, you know, even a Republican representative here, Adam Kinzinger, I outright condemn this garbage. Um, okay, which part is garbage? I, you see, I don't really understand. This is the problem with the news media as well. Uh, the but, Twitter part yes, is garbage, it, actually. It is. The, the quote, though, from our, our great governor, 
here in the state of Illinois. When did you get one of those? <laughs> We've had him for a long time. He's great. J.B. Pritzker, he's the greatest governor in the history of governors. I mean, yeah, just, by mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. And I mean, let's just again, Bill O'Reilly, a guy that's been doing this journalism thing now, closing in on three decades, has repeatedly said he is the worst governor of any state that he's ever experienced. So, I mean, that's, that's not easy to do. There's been a lot of governors over the last 30 years. And uh, here's what he said about that comment though. Let me be clear. Hitler got nothing right. This reprehensible rhetoric rhetoric has no place in our politics, but let's just look at this from the line now of, uh, because I I, I read that line. To to deconstruct that, I I would probably start with going through and finding some evidence that, Hitler ate some kind of dish and, and, and then go back and say, okay, well, does that mean you can never eat this because Hitler ate it once? I mean, that taken to its logical extreme, that line is utterly absurd. It is, but here's what it it led me down the rabbit hole of, well, I did a, a search for Adolf Hitler quotes and came up with the two usual sites, you know, brainy quote and AZ quotes. And I started going down the line and I start now I start really understanding as we go through this. Let's just ask ourselves if we can understand why they're very vehement about Hitler not being right about anything, about not even saying the name. Don't remind anybody about this guy. The first quote that I went to AZ quotes first was. This is, again, a Hitler quote. Tell a lie loud enough and long enough and people will believe it. Yeah. I, that sounds pretty right to me. Well, he's never been right about anything, Pritzker said. Yes. Well, the, you see that the current batch of, of people, the, the globalists trying to take over the world, the, the elites who are trying to gaslight us all into thinking that some of this bullshit is normal. Um, you know, the, the classic line, which is, I seem to repeat often enough on this show. Uh, is those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. Right. And I tell you what, the, the gaslighting media have been doing a damn fine job of trying to get all of us to forget history. And when you whitewash it, I mean, it's pretty clear their goal is to repeat it, which means that we all have to forget first. Uh, it kind of like, uh, the right before the show when, uh, you know, cold acid right before the show posted uh, an image that I particularly liked um, about uh, Biden saying no one can tell me that if it had been a group of, of black people protesters yesterday, that they wouldn't have been treated very differently than the mob that stormed the Capitol. And, uh, you know, on the one side that that's a truth wants to come out thing, because, of course, we know that, you know, blacks are treated very differently by Democrats. Right. They um, let them riot. Yeah, they well, they would. They did back in May. Months I mean, of it. Does anyone fucking remember that no. back in May when Washington, D.C. was actually burning and they called it mostly peaceful? But no, somehow. They, anyway, um, but uh, the meme that was posted actually pointed out that in 1967, the Black Panthers went into the U.S. Capitol with guns and no one was shot. Huh, that seems weird. Yeah. But it turns out that I don't think Biden can remember back that far. <laughs> For one thing, I don't think he can remember back as far as the election. As far as he's true. concerned, he's just always been president because that's what his handlers are telling him. Yeah. And he's getting tough. But uh, the next quote from Zerfuer, if you wish the sympathy of the broad masses, you must tell them the crudest and most stupid things. 
Huh. <laughs> it sounds right. I mean, yeah, I'm like, okay, J.B. Pritzker said Hitler's not right about anything. And uh, I'm just thinking those, the first two, the first two that come up, the first two quotes, I'm like, yeah, this thing, this seems accurate. This seems pretty do you, accurate. Do you think that maybe Pritzker is just uh, projecting his insecurities and, and his, his deep seated fear that he might actually be Hitler? Maybe the, the next quote, it is quite spe- It is a quite special secret pleasure how the people around us fail to realize what is really happening to them. I mean, also, this seems like this could be ripped out of the people talking today. I mean, that's what what's what is not right about that. Uh, the next one, so, by means yep. of shrewd lies, unremittingly repeated. It is possible to make people believe that heaven is hell and hell heaven. The greater the lie, the more readily it will be believed. Huh? Uh, I mean, that's exactly what the media has been doing. I was just ranting about that 10 minutes ago. I know. And Hitler said the same thing. So what you're saying is that you actually really admire Hitler and you think that he was a, a fantastic philosopher. I do not. I don't think oh, he was a good. That's person. actually a valid position to take. He, <laughs> in in terms of philosophy, the dude had some pretty deep thoughts. Yeah, well, yes. Um, in, in terms kind of, of understanding leader. the human condition, <laughs> yes, it seems like he's pretty much on it here. I mean, I mean, as a leader, kind of an asshole. Kind of. But. Yes. Yes. Um, the greater the crime perpetrated by the leadership, the less likely that the people will ever believe their leaders capable of perpetrating such an event. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, stolen election. Hello. Oh my God. You go down these and it's like, you know, my first thoughts like, are these all accurate? And I believe these are fairly legitimate sites, you know, with these quotes. And uh, I mean, again, I'd have to well, go back to yeah, the source but you didn't material go to the and primary source. You weren't standing in the room when Hitler said it. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I, some of it's from his uh, autobiography, you know, the Mein Kampf, which I know some places had outlawed for years and years and years because, you know, again, I never understood how information needs to be outlawed um another quote um, what when 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 you're trying to gaslight the public information yeah. is extremely dangerous and we're learning that because that's exactly what we're seeing now in the social media is the next one what luck for governments that the people are stupid i mean this guy got it <laughs> oh my yeah. god this guy got it uh, and then the the quote that this is all kind of came down from, because this was the representative from Illinois here saying about the the educational system, Adolf Hitler quoted, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. And it's um, not incorrect. I mean, that's been happening for a generation. We we've kind of lost a whole generation of people's minds there. There are there are certainly a few Gen Z and millennials who think for themselves and have stepped out and gone out and tried to learn things on their own. But the people who trust the public school system for everything that they know, I think, might be lost by now. Teachers unions have made damn sure of that. Well, everything is just such propaganda, which uh, which takes us to the next quote. From from this guy that lived a long time ago, the receptivity of the masses is very limited. Their intelligence is small, but their power of forgetting is enormous. 
In consequence of these facts, all effective propaganda must be limited to a very few points and must harp on these in slogans until the last member of the public understands what you want him to understand by your slogan. Black Lives Matter. What? Um, no. <laughs> um, no, wait. They're using the I what? I yeah, I don't uh I'm I'm still looking for some place where I'm reading that Hitler was never right about anything was what J.B. Pritzker said. And it seems like he was right about a lot. Again, total asshole, killed a bunch of people, and is a horrible, evil human being. But that doesn't mean he was wrong about everything he ever said. That's an idiotic statement, J.B. Yeah, it it is, but it's it's thinking in absolutes, which is frankly the mark of uh, a petty mind who is ideologically locked and unable to think in nuance uh is that thinking you you have to think and speak in absolutes and uh pretty much exactly what i would expect of somebody who rises to power based on corruption and protesting a little too uh, much that he knows what's going on with the educational system that it's all put into place to keep his side in power hmm. and and because nobody here particularly wants to uh hear you know 90 80 90 100 year old quotes i i decided to paraphrase one of the ones that you said uh using a much more modern quote this from uh, uh a fantastic movie from only oh my god 23 years ago never mind it's not that new <laughs> uh the movie called men in black and uh it's one point where where they're recruiting somebody into the secretive government agency says, well, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. And uh, the old grizzled agent says, well, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals. And you know it. That and, is. Yeah, that is. And accurate. That's, that's paraphrasing the the comment that if talking to somebody one on one, you can often get through to someone if you make a personal connection and you talk to them. And if you can't, then they're a moron and you should just push them into the canal and leave. But talking to a, a large group, uh, you know, there there have been lots and lots and lots of observations how the intelligence of a group of people seems to be inversely proportional to the number of people you put in it. See also the Democrat Party. Oh, yes. And I mean, again, this all the stuff that's been going on. I mean, think think COVID for this next quote. Terrorism is the best political weapon. For nothing drives people harder than a fear of sudden death. Huh? Yes. I, I hate it when the game reaches the end and the score is tied. I <laughs> know it's got to got to got to go into sudden death. Uh, it is not truth that matters, but victory. I mean, that seems to be the Democrat. Uh, uh, I mean, that's that's the ends justify the means. We've seen plenty of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. uh the uh, how about we have to put a stop to the idea that it is a part of everybody's civil rights to say whatever he pleases. Ah, well, Twitter, you seem to be going <laughs> along this. I mean, Twitter, obviously, Jack loves Adolf Hitler because Hitler said we have to stop the idea that is a part of everybody's civil rights is to say whatever he pleases. Wow, this really sounds, uh, you know, while uh, very accurate to today's yeah. world. It's almost like totalitarianism requires that people not communicate with each other about topics that might be threatening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's kind of exactly like that. It is. And this is why people need to know history, which is why 
I think everybody should learn about uh, what Hitler did. And this way they can have a better understanding of the world by whitewashing it and not teaching any of this is such a more dangerous thing. And the fact that people can't figure that out. Uh, And, and anybody out there who wants to be considered even remotely intelligent needs to learn to think in nuances. Uh, The saying absolutisms like Hitler did nothing right is not, you know, not only, uh, objectively wrong, but also serves to do nothing to further the benefit of, of human knowledge or understanding. And in fact is, is counterproductive if your goal is further enlightenment. Now, if your goal of course is total totalitarianism and tyranny, then it's uh, an extremely useful propaganda trick to speak only in absolutes. Uh, but saying something absolute like hitler did nothing right well okay well but you're wrong about that and right. you just brought a bunch of information that that shows that yes and i have one um, last one it, it because is, you were just talking about the totalitarian state and i thought this one oh, yes just screamed this is again a quote from adolf hitler the great strength of the totalitarian state is that it forces those who fear it to imitate it tell yeah. me that is not prophetic right there. Well, that's hello mask mandates in, in Washington state where uh, Inslee did something kind of genius from a totalitarian perspective. He didn't put his police on enforcing that everyone wears a face diaper. He caused the public to enforce it on themselves by recruiting all the Karens. And I know he's not the only one to do it, but that's it. Yeah. You get the public to enforce it on each other. I saw an interesting statistic that the, you know, in communist Russia, where everybody was, you know, all speech was, was brutally chilled. Nobody wanted to say anything against the state because there might be a KGB officer somewhere. And the interesting statistic was there was actually only, uh, you know, in, in a city of, of 10 million, there would only be maybe 15 or 20 KGB officers. And it was just the idea that anyone might be was enough to force everyone to tattle on each other and to curb what they say and completely lock off any thoughts of any kind of, uh, of freedom or rebellion or, or trying to think for yourself because, and I mean, the same idea as the panopticon, which was, you know, came up in the 1890s was just a, you know, the, the brilliant model that all prisons were after afterward, both mental and physical were based on was the idea of, well, we have one guard and a one way glass. And at any given time, the guard could be looking into your cell, right? but the guard can't be looking into every cell at once. However, he could be looking into yours. So of course you're always going to be good because you don't know when that is. Right. It's like the COVID thing. It's the odds. I mean, sure. Only 5% of the population have had the virus, but Everybody thinks they're going to be the one. Well, not I, everybody, I but think that by <laughs> if if we allow this thing to get through the, uh, um, regardless of what what we allow, because you know we as humanity don't have this much control over the world, regardless of what people think. But at, by the time this virus works its way through, it's going to end up having gone through. 75, 80%, whatever it takes to get to actual herd immunity, not the, the redefined WHO herd immunity that requires everybody get stabbed with an artificial vaccine, but 
the the kind of herd immunity that says once a virus has worked its way through the population enough of the population is immune that the virus will die out naturally. That's what all viruses do normally. And that's what COVID-19 would have already done if we hadn't all freaked out about it and completely screwed up our entire society in fear of something that we literally cannot control anyway. We're we're just flattening the curve. So it's only going to take uh, two weeks. Yeah. Are you talking about the curve of economic growth? Because, yeah, that happened. No, we had a check mark recovery, which I don't understand. Bitcoin over forty thousand dollars. I don't understand. I neither does anyone else, which is why it's not going to last. Yes, there's going to be. And uh, is this again? People just not remembering history. Because I remember when Bitcoin got up to eight. Nobody's taught history anymore. Right, Eighteen. It got up to eighteen thousand before and dropped down under four thousand. So if you were buying at eighteen and it dropped to four, I mean, I'm, you're the math guy, not me. I, that's bad, right? I mean, no, no, yeah, no, no. It's perfectly <laughs> it's fine. Good for somebody. Good. It, it's it's good for skeptics, I suppose. Um, it, you know the the comment about nobody's teaching history anymore. It occurs to me the signs were there but I'm not sure I was quite old enough to recognize them for what they were was that when I was in grade school, I wasn't taught history. I was taught social studies. Yes. Same. That that should have been a fucking clue. (laughs) Or they might've, there may have been both. Was there not history and social studies? I I didn't didn't have a history class. The only class that I had that was actually called history in any form was, uh, AP history because the advanced placement system still called it history, but the AP history was the capstone of the social studies path in school. Well, so this, you know, this path that we're on right now is a very strange one when it comes to, well, we need to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools because he was obviously a racist. It's like, well, we're at the point now. And we had the same yeah, thing. Yeah, because he was so horrible to all those black people he freed. Right. You know, it's like, well, they were at war with the Indians at the time. So, yeah, Indians were killed. And I understand these are all when you're on the wrong side of any of this stuff. These are all tragedies. There's no question about it. But every society has gone through this. And every man, I mean, I that sounds very gendered. I know using man just to refer to people in general. but. Every person that's ever walked the planet has been both a good person and an asshole at different times. And or sometimes at the same time, right? Like in the case of me, you never know. You never know. But this is where it becomes it becomes strange to start trying to judge people on everything they did. The fact that nobody can have even a small check mark next to their name. This concept with these people that are pushing this, you know, pulling down the statues and all that. It's like, do you not realize that you, you, your statue would be pulled down too? I mean, you, show me a perfect person. Well, of course it will be. <laughs> you know, it's like, show me the perfect person who wants to go down this path and be like, oh, any little thing anybody's ever did, like the, you know, 15 year old girl we talked about that dared say the N word while singing along to a rap song and then doesn't get into the college that she wants. It's like, since when did this become you do one stupid slash bad thing in your life and your life is ruined? I don't get it. I don't get how we don't judge Um, people on the totality. It's 
it's an inevitable side effect of well uh, cancel culture which is itself a side effect of collectivism and in particular prioritizing the whole of society whatever the hell that means over any of the individuals because by extension you you decide that whatever your personal you know society is an abstract concept anyway it it there there is no such thing as society you can't touch society you can't it's not a concrete object society is only a, a statistical aggregate of all of the individuals in there but the collectivist mindset suggests that any individual can and will be sacrificed for the good of society and by extension that means that when you take it to its logical end not that they think about logic but logic rules you even if you don't understand it uh taken to its end that means that all individuals will be sacrificed for the good of what you call society and if you can delude yourself enough then you can live in this wonderful social bubble construct that you created in your head where you think that society is perfect but only for the people who fit in it which happens to be you and the people who have not pissed you off yet Right. And that people haven't figured out what you did bad yet. So you're, you're, you haven't been, uh, yeah. you haven't been deplatformed yourself. Everybody's got skeletons in their closets. And that's, that's why cancel culture can't work. Yes. Is, is everyone has a skeleton in their closet. I mean, yes, some people have graveyards in their closet. Right. And for some reason, we keep electing them to office. Yeah. But everyone's got some skeletons, you know, and everybody should be forgiven for lesser offenses and people can grow. I mean, that's the, when the, when the guy, that was a uh, hater, Josh Hader, the all-star pitcher. I think he was with the Brewers when this happened, when a tweet of something that he said in high school came out and they sent him to like, you know, uh, well, you need to go get counseling and uh, talk to somebody about this. It's like, no, yeah. I mean, when are we going to get back to any sort of I, I heard normalcy? on a podcast a couple weeks ago about some some high school kid who ended up getting denied access to the college she wanted because of some video that some asshole had posted or something right. about cheer team or yeah which, but, well yeah there were two and <laughs> that was the funny part it's oh, like okay. this is there was more than okay i was getting them confused but i guess it happens more often than uh, yeah it does and it's like this is where if you've got kids i mean i really feel sorry okay correct me if i'm wrong i'm, I'm really not sure that was random thoughts right it was yes random okay. thoughts we we talked about there were two things there was one which she sang along that was what i just mentioned where she sang along and said the n-word and she was in the college she wanted and then some asshole classmate of hers saved this video from when she was 15 and then sent it to the right people to teach her a lesson. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. And the New yes. York Times glorified this guy. Um, And uh, by the way, uh, just just letting you know, it's it's not actually a lesson if you can't recover from it. So if you completely ruin somebody's life irrevocably, uh, it, they, they haven't learned anything. <laughs> No, it's, and it's, it's not a lesson. And again, the lesson that's, was that's, that's just vindictiveness. That's just revenge. And it is. And it would be one thing. I mean, one, when you're doing something at 15, I think you need to be forgiven for being stupid for most things. But this was just singing along to a rap song. I mean, I may have taken a another moment to ponder this. If there was a video of her screaming at other black students and calling them racial slurs. Then maybe I would have a little bit of a different view, but singing along to a rap song. I mean, 
that shows, if anything, you're not a racist because you're consuming this music, which is put out by a black person. You learn the lyrics and you're singing along. That pretty much uh, says to me that this girl's probably not a racist. But I mean, what logic again? What do I know? Well, the the part that you're missing is is the idea of of cancel culture is all all stick and no carrot. It's all punishment and no forgiveness. And uh, I, I think that there are lots and lots and lots of evidence in history. Of course, the history that we've been erasing um, that that doesn't work. I mean, you one one of the earliest references to the idea that you can't punish without forgiveness and expect anything good to come out of it uh, comes from one of the best selling books of all time that tells a bunch of moral tales called the Bible. Oh, of course, I'll have to look this up. Course, yeah, you'll you'll have somebody. You know, some of our listeners should read that once in a while. It there. I don't don't pay too much attention to all of the the idolatry and uh, and you know, there's a lot of religious symbolism in there. Just, I mean, you can ignore that if you want. If you decided you're not a Christian, whatever. Um, but even if you are not religious or of a different religion. It's a good book that everybody needs to have read at least once because there's a hell of a lot of very, very useful information about how to live a good life, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not. Yes. And is it is it kind of odd that a lot of the same people that don't want you to read Mein Kampf are the same ones that don't want you to read the Bible? Well, both of them are seditious books. If if you define sedition by anybody understanding things that you didn't tell them. Yes. Having having knowledge is yeah a, uh, having knowledge is the most dangerous thing to any kind of a tyrant yeah and you wonder you know if that's where all this is coming from you wonder how these people and you know i understand how the power can corrupt especially in the case of an adolf hitler where it's one guy running the show we're seeing that in countries now like china we saw that with saddam hussein in iraq and you, you i mean i get those but the united states that's not what we have here. And we have so many politicians that are just at a stoop. I mean, come on. You're the governor of Illinois. Who the hell cares? But you still fall into this. And uh, it's it's bizarre. It is bizarre just how corrupt these people get. And it, I mean, I don't know if they're how the system is better, because as long as people want to be in politics, then you have to question their motives. I mean, you almost do just have to get to a point to where it's like the population just votes for somebody, you know, and uh, whether they want to go or not, we all say, well, Ryan Bemrose, he's the new governor of Wisconsin or, well, you could have Wisconsin, too. But Washington, Wisconsin, (laughs) I mean, really, if you had to choose, though, between being the governor of Wisconsin or Washington, Idaho, Wisconsin has cheese and beer. One of the Dakotas, uh, they sound nice this time of year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I think that would be a better route to go because people that, you know, even if you get into politics, we see this a lot for the best of with the best of intentions. It's a very hard game to play, even on a low level, it seems, without being corrupted, because even at the low level, there are businesses that want to be zoned or licenses and things where people are willing to. I mean, the, the bribes might be a little bit smaller in our little town here of, you know, whatever, 12,000 people, whatever it is. Well, million. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. OK. You, yeah. Outside here in at Chirac. Now, in Chirac yeah. itself. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's a whole new ballgame. 
but the, I, the corruption's real. Yes. And, and the, I know, I know this is an unpopular thing and people call me a dirty anarchist all the time for this sort of thing, but the, the only you know, power corrupts is it, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's often true. Um, the only way to prevent a government from being corrupt is to not hand that government as much power. And if you have a government, it will turn corrupt, but it's an exponential curve. And, it, you know, it, the, the more power a government has, the more corruption a government has, the faster it becomes more corrupt. See also the last five years in national politics where the, the corruption, even in the last 12 months, has gone up exponentially to the point where uh, if you are paying any attention, they're not even bothering to hide it anymore. They're doing it out in the open. Why? Because more than 51% of the people are so gaslighted that they really wouldn't know what was going on if you hit them with a bus. So how do you fix that? What's the solution? Well, it's pretty fucking difficult. It's called stop handing power to the government. Now, in the United States, that ship might have sailed and we might we're there's a pretty good chance we're past the point of no return uh united states and lots and lots of other countries that are you know signing on to this globalist regime um there the ship may have sailed and we might be on the road to another revolution i don't particularly want that because frankly there's a lot of chaos and suffering that comes with it but that might be where we're going yes that's why it was interesting to me to see all the usual politicians on both sides that once this thing happened at the Capitol coming out with, this is un-American. And I'm like, do you not remember 1776? I no, because they weren't taught it. <laughs> You're right. They they don't know the I'm like you, the most American thing of all is when your politicians are overbearing. And for those who don't yeah. re- remember the story of the Revolutionary War, the folks here in America were getting really tired of the taxes going up. No taxation without representation. The taxes kept going up. They said, no, we're not going to pay them anymore. And the UK said, yes, you are. They sent troops. And what the ragtag bunch of guys in the Americas did was go, I've had enough. And they picked up their guns and they went after the government. the, The famous Thomas Jefferson quote, from the period around the American Revolution, who said the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And let me tell you, that pre- tree is getting pretty goddamn thirsty. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. But this this concept that it's un-American, it's like, no, that's uh, that's really American is to stand up and remind the folks in government. The Capitol building is our building the people's building the white house is the people's building this is not yours for this is not the people who are elected into office they are not monarchs they are not uh, dictators they rule at our pleasure if you will and uh, unfortunately people are so stupid or see now here's where maybe things are getting really serious because i think a vast majority and even i think even you mentioned on the last episode or two that you know, maybe you were naive to actually believe that elections were fair. And I'm right there with you that, you know, no matter what was going on politically in the United States, you believed 
to a pretty high certainty that overall the elections were fair and that overall, I mean, okay, there's always going to be outliers, you know, the JFK thing with the Chicago fix. This was always going to be a little bit, but overall, the people in office were those who we elected. And if these people were not doing the will of the people, we could get rid of them. And the minute a massive amount of people, in this case, 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump, you have 74 million people that 70 something percent believe the election was stolen. That's going to cause some unrest. That, that is that is what uh, is, has been referred to in a number of circles now as a crisis of legitimacy. And uh, you're you're right that anybody, anybody who's thinking and anybody who's observing has known that in every single election, there's always going to be somebody who brings in their dead grandma's ballot and is like, well, I can get an extra vote out of here. There's always going to be a little bit of broad, a little bit of graft. But the thing that has kept our government legitimate for all of this time is the overarching belief that even if that happens, that it's not enough to change the outcome in most cases. And even where a little bit of fraud might happen, that overall, the outcome of the election is the result of how people voted. Uh, one of the lines that I had to use recently with with a friend of mine who uh, does not agree with me politically um, he claimed that, uh, you know, well, Biden should be president because more people voted for Biden. I said, no, more people voted for Trump. Biden just got more votes. Yeah, the, well, the, the, system the is- distinction is, I mean, the distinction might be subtle, but yeah, sure. Biden definitely got more votes. People can claim Biden got 80 million votes. And at this point, it's all been certified their votes now. But I tell you what, more people voted for Trump. If you want real, actual live people who actually filled out the ballots once and then didn't do it another thousand times. Yeah. Or or if you want votes that are tied to real, actual people and not just printed up and had the same fucking name stamped on it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I I find it funny that Mexico has a requirement to show photo ID to vote. And I know from speaking to some Canadians, I'm been enjoying some yeah. of the stuff that uh, Paul Alves has been putting out. Paul, the book guy over on his YouTube channel where he was going off the one day like, you know, in Canada, we give you pencil and paper. None of this computerized yeah. crap. It's and it's not um, it, it. It happens in the U.S. too. But states choose their own voting system like uh, Wisconsin, I believe it was also has a requirement that you have to show ID when you vote. That is the state law set by the legislature. The legislature has never changed it. The secretary of state unilaterally went out and said, or, you know, but the, the legislature, the law that they passed has a tiny little provision, which basically says if you are involuntarily confined or indefinitely or whatever if if you are confined if you cannot physically leave the house which is designed for people who are cripples or you know who who can't leave the house um then you can sign this and now you don't have to show id and the secretary of state of wisconsin went out and and this might be michigan i might have the states wrong it doesn't matter it's a state uh <laughs> they're midwestern i, I think bastards. it's i think it's wisconsin but the secretary of state went out and said you know what? Because we decided to lock you down in your house and not let you go out and enjoy, 
you know, all you healthy people who have nothing wrong with you. We've decided to lock you down and keep you in your house. And because of that, go ahead and mark down that you are indefinitely confined and therefore don't have to show any ID. And lo and behold, it being a swing state, hundreds of thousands of votes that had no signature whatsoever that were marked down as indefinitely confined came in with for Biden. Nobody else marked. Oh, look, Biden wins the state. And then the fucking Supreme Court of the state came in and said, hey, actually, all of these votes are invalid because you violated the law, Secretary of State. And you know what happened after the state Supreme Court came down and said hundreds of thousands of votes are invalid, even though the margin was only 30,000 for Biden. Hundreds of thousands of Biden votes are invalid. You need to recount this. They fucking ignored it and sent all of the Biden electors. And that's why we had this sham in Congress the other day, because everywhere that there have, you know, even the places, you know, all over the fucking country where the courts are just flat refusing to see evidence. All of you fucking assholes out there who keep saying, well, all the evidence has been rejected by the courts. No, the evidence has not been heard by the courts in the vast majority of cases, but even places like the Wisconsin Supreme Court, where the evidence has been heard and straight up thrown out, you know what they did? They fucking ignored it. They just said, yeah, well, that might have happened, but la 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 la, I can't hear you. We're sending our Biden electors anyway, because the leadership of all these states are corrupt to the core. Yeah. And the laws on the books don't have teeth. So there's there's that you can cheat away and then there's really no repercussions because the states are the ones, you know, this is kind of like, you know, if you have kids and you catch your kid doing something bad. And you're like, well, little Jimmy, we caught you. So uh, I'm going to let you pick your own penalty. (laughs) You're going to let you pick your own punishment. Um, Unless you have a really weird kid, they're going like, "Uh, I have to eat extra ice cream after dinner. You know, I mean, that's the. uh, Yeah, that's what actually that would be a pretty serious punishment for me. Yeah, that that would be horrible. Somewhere in the last 30 years, I developed a lactose intolerance and eating ice cream (laughs) after dinner. That would be a punishment. Okay, see, we didn't know that everybody send Sir Bemrose some ice cream bars, uh, but you send the non. That's fine. Go ahead and send them. My wife is not lactose intolerant (laughs) and would love it. And ice cream bars are delicious. But to just uh, show you an example of the the separation of dimension A and dimension B is over on uh, No Agenda Social. Our buddy CSB, who's listening live, hi CSB, says uh, this was like 15 minutes ago. Please stop praising Austrians on the stream. I disapprove. We are not praising Hitler. We are proving a point. I'm pretty sure people can clip your voice praising Hitler out of this show. Well, if you use descriptor, one of those, you can make me say anything. So that's the and and you have you put it into a fucking cold open back in the day. But anyway, right. It's the beauty, though, of this. Now, people should learn this. If you say horrible, hateful, crazy things. You know, like this girl who was, you know, booted out of the college that she wanted to get into. I would just say deep fake. I didn't say that. Prove it. I didn't say it. Deep fake. Yes. Repudiation is a thing. Yeah. Deep fake. Deep fake. Just say deep fake. If somebody catches you doing something horrible on audio or video, deep fake, deep fake, deep fake, which I mean, let's just go on a a, uh, there was a story here, which is kind of uh, related to that, which I thought was interesting. Uh, This came from bleeping computer. 
which was wait, wait, we're, we're not going to tech stories. Is it that time already? It's, well, it's it's kind of a tech story, but okay. it's also a dimension A and dimension B and a deep fake and all of this kind of wrapped into one, which I thought was just a beautiful thing for grumpy old Ben's, which was the headline of this was scammer extorts site owners using porn backlinks threat. So this was the email that was showing up, including to the people over at uh, at Bleeping Computer. They got one of these emails and it says, I need you to leave a five star review for us and also like us and share our posts on social media channels. I'm giving you 48 hours. If I do not see a five star review from you and at least two likes and shares on our channels, I'm going to send millions of porn backlinks to bleepingcomputer.com, which will completely kill off your site. I have sent a few dozen spam links to your site already. You can have a look. I will remove them once I see reviews. This should get your attention. Here's what I need you to do. And then it says, you know, what they need people to do. And the site that they're asking for positive reviews on is a cryptocurrency site, uh, coinmama.com, a cryptocurrency exchange. And the intriguing thing here is Bleeping Computer reached out to coinmama.com and they're like, nope, not us. But there are people that are getting this letter who are going to, you know, trust exchange wherever they people leave reviews for said things like crypto, the trust pilot page uh, for this crypto and leaving one star saying they're scammers trying to get the reviews, but it's not from them. And this is just a genius way of going after a company like this in order to totally ruin their reputation is to send out a scam email like this and (laughs) then make it look like somebody else is sending it out. It it is really genius in the way this is, this is going down, but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't bleeping computer. uh, They're, they're not like a, a text product site they're correct aren't they they're a media site aren't they yeah but they were going to ruin their reputation by sending all these links i don't know but the fact is you know they're asking for positive reviews for a crypto I mean, company i mean if they're in the mainstream media their reputation is already ruined but uh, oh. but the but this wasn't actually from from the the end result of this is this crypto company is getting a bunch of one-star reviews from the people that got this email calling them untrustworthy scammers because these people are too stupid to understand that this didn't actually come from that. It would be like, you know, cold acid over from the random encounter, rare encounter podcast, sorry, cold acid, sending out a bunch of emails like this saying it was coming from grumpy old Ben's, you know, Oh, this is grumpy old Ben's. You must give my site a five-star review on these or this, or I'm going to do this to you. Well, then of course, everybody's going to go start. You know, grumpy old Ben sucks. They're trying to extort us. And cold acid's going, <laughs> got you guys. Well, I mean, it, it's a pretty valid technique if you are an unethical asshole. Then that's obviously what's going on here. But this again, this is why people I mean, need. The problem is it sounds like it works. Yes, it does. And people need to understand the scams. People that get this email that really believes they're getting this from coinmama.com are, uh, are really, it's just questionable because. How, how is it that anybody gets an email that, that looks even remotely sketchy and believes that it comes from the person that the, the from line says, I don't know. I, I, I mean, how old is email? I've been 
email is, has been on the internet for longer than I have. And I, I look at this and I, I mean, it did not take me very long to realize, Hey, this, you know, this says it comes from the IRS, but they're right. demanding my, you know, my account, my bank account number. That doesn't seem quite right. How, how do people not understand that email scams are a thing and that, that the from line can be forged? Yeah. I mean, and just because the message itself is like, well, give us five stars at trust pilots, you know, the coin mama review page and follow us on coin mama, Facebook and coin mama, Twitter. And these are all legitimate links. I mean, people just are easily duped and it's very sad in this day and age. This is how this dimension A and dimension B stuff has gone on. This is how it continues to gain steam. Because the, the same people that buy into this are the same ones that believe Trump said that there were good people uh, in the Nazi party. That's where we're going here. And, and uh, I mean, as far as the, on the topic of gaslighting people uh, and, and trying to get your information from the proper sources, maybe maybe the problem with this is the simple fact that we're putting all of our trust into these review sites which are easily gameable oh they are yes i mean maybe that's the problem is is maybe it's not just people shouldn't be trusting emails but maybe people also shouldn't be trusting review sites because i mean i don't know if you've ever been to an amazon site before but it is a or (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is a rare product on amazon.com that has less than four and a half stars Yes, because every single product you go and click into it and it'll have, you know, 30 dozen five star reviews that are all generic lines that could be applied to any product ever. Like this product is great. I loved it. Took it home and used it forever. All of the things that have that tell you absolutely nothing other than somebody created a bot with a bunch of generic phrases to put in there. That is one way to go. I mean, they do pay. For the reviews now, and I have also noticed that you'll find that Amazon allows this, which is the craziest thing, is they obviously allow people because people can sell on Amazon. If if people don't understand that, they allow people, they'll they'll fix that soon enough. Yeah. The the ability now, say if we had a grumpy old Ben's, you know, T-shirt or whatever it is, well, we can create an account and have Amazon sell those t-shirts you know directly from amazon this is i mean people i don't think a lot of people understand that there's a lot of third parties that sell on amazon even though it's it's pretty plainly stated i I, but i would hope people understand that it's been pretty obvious for i don't think they do just like this you know quite how does anybody fall for this email but what obviously amazon lets you do Amazon doesn't actually manufacture every product in the world. I mean, not yet. No, but I mean, they, they, Amazon where they will, want to get to, but you know, Amazon could sell grumpy old Ben's t-shirts, but they also could, you know, they will allow us to sell them. At, where, where, where do we get, where do we sign that contract by the way? Well, no, you can do that. I mean, you can sell anything on Amazon. There's no question about it. I mean, not that anybody will buy them, but oh. they, they allow people to change what is on a product listing and i've seen this a lot so say you know we go in and we sell a grumpy old ben's t-shirt and they're great t-shirts and people love them and a thousand people leave us a five-star review then we take the t-shirt down and start selling a really really crappy mug that breaks you know the minute somebody touches it well you still have the five stars because they they let you change the product entirely which is just bizarre to me it's not like there's one 
link that can only ever be used, which would make more sense, which is, okay, you're selling a t-shirt. Here's the link. Now you can't okay. change the description. I'm not, I'm not familiar with this tactic at all. Just to be clear, you're, you're telling me that there are uh, product producers out there who are effectively scamming by getting a bunch of reviews and then bait and switching you. Yes. So say you're at one of these, <laughs> one of these Chinese companies and say you sold a router that was decent and you got five star. Well, the routers are sold out. So now we're going to start selling a microphone on the same page. It's still going to show five stars and you read the reviews on the microphone and it's like, great router expanded my Wi-Fi." And you're like, what? <laughs> so maybe, maybe. Okay. The, the, the idea of the five star review system and review sites and review things attached to products is because people don't really know whether something is a quality product or a scam until they've actually bought it. And so the qu- the problem is you don't know whether to trust a supplier of a product. And that's what the problem that review system were designed for. But it's pretty obvious that some review systems are crap yes. and not to be trusted. So maybe what we need is for somebody to develop a review system where you can review other review sites <laughs> and tell people on a scale of one to five stars, should I trust the reviews that come from this site or not? Review the reviewers.com. I'm feeling like this is an exit strategy. This is, this is a, uh, you know, especially if we grumpy old Ben's can become the authority of whether or not anybody else trusts a review site. Right. And then of course, any product that is, has a billion dollar plus company behind it that wants to make sure their product is. Oh, there'll be pay for play for certain. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously we would, we would have to hide that fact or otherwise people wouldn't trust our review site. And there'd have to be a meta meta review site that gave <laughs> us a lot poor rating for not giving correct ratings to the other review sites, but that would be farther down the road. And obviously if we could keep that secret, that we're taking money for reviews as long as we can, then we can rake in a lot of dough in the meantime. So much corruption, so much, but uh, yeah, that is the issue. And Amazon ruined this. I've said it a thousand times. They ruined it when they stopped allowing people to get free products in order to review them where they at least had to mark them as idiots got free products. And you should take that into consideration. I don't see any problem whatsoever with, review units being sent out to reviewers as long as that information is available. Yes. And, and this is something I'm consistent on no matter where I go, no matter what topic is that more information being available to every party involved in a transaction is better. The more information that you can get, the better in terms of whether or not to enter a contract, make a buying decision. Uh, if, if somebody could, you know, write down and, and I know this would be an invasion of privacy, but what what if uh, every Amazon page they tracked uh, the mean time to failure for every single item that they sell and then provided that as as a data dump where you could take all that data and and crunch it and determine for yourself okay well it looks like this particular hard drive if it lasts more than a month then it has a 93% chance of making it you know, 10 years, uh, you know, if, if I had that data available, then I would absolutely use it to make my buying decision. Right. It's like, uh, what's it? Is it a uh, backblaze? The one that tells you how long every one of their hard drives lasted because they have huge data centers. And it's, uh, it's some interesting data when you're yeah. looking to buy hard drives because they're like, well, we've, and, and we've, these we've... massive data sets are really fascinating. Uh, if, if, 
you know, if, if you, if you acknowledge that, you know, big data is not just for big companies, it's just that the data sets sell for a hell of a lot of money and the big companies are often the only ones who have access to them. And I just also want to debunk the theory because this is what a lot of people use when it comes to the people getting free products in order to review them. And I was one of those people for a while, which is, well, of course, they're sending you that pair of headphones for free. Of course, you're going to give it a good review. And it's like well, not the ethical ones. Well, right. And it's like it, what doesn't make sense to me is, you know, I probably over the time between Bluetooth headsets and regular over the year headphones, there were probably between 100 and 200 pairs that I got for free in order to review them. And once you get to a certain point, uh, it doesn't matter how much the headphones cost. I didn't need headphones. I had a lot of really good headphones. <laughs> so sending me another, you know, 10 sets to review that actually allows me to compare. It allows me to say, well, you know, this compared to this other companies and here's the one you I'd recommend for these uses. The more somebody uses a certain line of products, especially the more of an expert, if I can use a grumpy old Ben term uh, that they become. And it doesn't make like I don't need any more headphones. The fact that, oh, well, they sent you the product for free. It's like, well, yeah, you know what? You know, Clip sent me the five hundred dollar their top of the line in ear earbuds. So, of course, the Chinese company sending me the twenty dollar ones. I'm going to give them a five star review because I really have something in, you know, skin in the game. They sent me that, you know, they sent me that for free. So it doesn't make sense. And I know people just get well, jealous because they're paying for the products, but it wasn't well, I, that hard. I get jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard to get I, into that ecosystem. I, I wouldn't go so far as to speak in absolutes and say, if you get the product for free, then it means that you're going to, you know, give a good review. Cause I don't think that's true. Agree. Uh, the, the ethical reviewers will, give an honest review regardless and the ethical companies are not going to say you know not going to send out a unit and say you'd better get but there are unethical reviewers for sure and yes. again we we don't have enough information we don't have that rating site for for reviewers well now here's the interesting um, thing amazon but, knows what you review and they know what you how many five star four star one star you give Amazon could have very easily weeded out the people that were only giving five star reviews very easily. I mean, it's it's the same thing with the ratings. The the Election. you don't know which headphones to trust and therefore you go to a reviewer. But now your problem is you don't know which reviewer to trust. Right. And and uh, there are unethical reviewers. And more importantly, there are unethical companies out there who will say, I'm going to send you these headphones for free. But if you give us a bad review you'll never see another pair. And if you expect to make a living at reviewing, uh, I guess what I'm saying here is it, it, the incentive structure is set up to invite corruption in yes. a scenario like that. Now, how do you, how do you set up an incentive structure that promotes honest reviews? Um, your reviewer needs to derive their, their income. They need to, their customers need to be the people they serve. It, you know, everybody, the people you serve are the people who pay you money. So a reviewer needs to take donations or payment from the people to whom they are providing the review and then go out and purchase these. And that's really difficult in the free, in, in the zero cost economy on the internet. It and is. I understand why it doesn't happen because it's damn hard to make a living as a reviewer if you are 
trying either either asking for donations for your reviews or trying to you know god forbid put your reviews behind a paywall some people do it but that's not easy and but that's really the only way that you can set up the incentive structure such that the people you're serving the reviews to are the people who are giving you money yes the guy bandrew who does the podcastage youtube channel podcast adg i believe the uh He's one that has made it work because he does take donations from the people. It's very value for value. And as we talked about, he's a no agenda guy and he's been able to make enough money to buy pretty much all the microphones and gear that he wants. And people suggest what they want reviewed next. And the the ecosystem is working there because they are providing him with the money to go buy the stuff, to review it for them. And everybody kind of, you know, pitches in together and funds all this. And it works because he's not. you know, he doesn't have to say they're great microphones because the company didn't give it to him for free. And and that also results in him being a far better reviewer because, or, or at least a far more trustworthy reviewer, because if, if he is, if the entire review is being funded by the people to whom he is reporting, then that automatically raises the level of trust simply because the incentive structure goes the right way. That's really hard to do. If you are new, like if I wanted to go out and be like, here is a list of all the VPNs that Sir Bemrose likes and doesn't like, um, it would be difficult for me to jump on that model for the simple fact that nobody knows who the hell I am or whether or not I, my opinion on VPNs means anything. Right. And to get started, you would actually have to spend money on a lot of VPNs, if you were going to actually compare and contrast them and nobody wants to spend the money, it's easy to do a review. No, no, I'd only review all the free VPNs. Right. See, there you go. Then you, you would just be giving up a lot of data. Well, it, no, no. I mean, it'd be fake data, obviously, but mo- more importantly, every single review would be negative. <laughs> yes. Be like, this, this, this VPN sucks. You don't want to go anywhere near it, which is there are some people that are doing this and doing it well. Well, not some. I mean, the only one I really know is, uh, that privacy site.com or net that does all the VPN reviews and the email reviews on that. And again, that's been around forever. And this is where being first and being successful gives you enough of a budget to go out and, and explore the new ones and, you know, to get to try these new, because there's a lot of new VPNs popping up. And uh, that's really a place where it's hard to know who to trust as well. And rightfully so, because all your data is going through their pipes. It's uh, it's a fun thing. This so, this whole new tech world we got going. So for my next story, um, wh- which one do you want? I've got uh, the the new WhatsApp terms of service. Oh yeah, I've got a Trump executive order. No, I, the WhatsApp because it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. It, it's it's actually evil and awful, <laughs> and really should kill WhatsApp. And exactly the opposite of what they started as. Yes. So there's that. Um, so the the story here is that WhatsApp is now apparently providing an in-app alert, which requires you to accept the new terms of service, which take effect on the 8th of February. Um, the new terms of service uh, are such that you don't get to opt out of sharing all of your app data with Facebook anymore. Um, wait, the, wait, even if you don't even have a Facebook account, <laughs> uh, I don't, he does WhatsApp still shock. allow you to log in without a Facebook account? I don't know if that's still true. I'm not but, sure, but I, I imagine 
that it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to keep your data anyway. But uh, so the change is uh, back in, back in 2016, when there was uh, you know, when, when you Facebook bought WhatsApp and then a whole bunch of people, you know, cause WhatsApp, like you pointed out was founded on the idea of this is secure communications. In fact, they have, they use the signal protocol, the, the end to end encryption. Um, this is secure communication that no big corporation is going to get access to. And we will never sell, sell your data to anyone. And you, you can trust us because we believe in privacy. That was the whole founding idea behind it. They got bought out by Facebook and people are rightly pointing out, Hey, Facebook pretty much stands for the opposite of all of that. Uh, and Facebook's like, no, no, you're good because. Uh, when you accept the new terms of services in 2016, um, you can, and by the way, they gave you a one-time choice. <laughs> you can opt out of data sharing. Now, if you happened at the time to opt in, then you were fucked. You were never given that choice again. So not a big choice, but a lot of people said, no, I don't want my data shared with Facebook. And they managed to get four more years of usage of WhatsApp without having to share data for Facebook. Well, Facebook has revised the terms of service. And now when you launch the app, you get an alert. The alert says by tapping the agree button, you accept the new terms, which take effect February 8th. After this date, you'll need to accept these updates to continue using WhatsApp. Also, the agree button happens to be the only button on the dialogue. Of course, <laughs> the, the only other option you have, if you don't tap agree, you know, agree is to use the phone menu to bail out, go back and, and terminate it from task manager or whatever the phone equivalent is. Um, which means that pretty much everyone's going to accept, even if they do stop using WhatsApp, because that's the only option being presented in the dialogue. Um, but yeah, so if you decide that you don't want to share your data with Facebook, the only option they're giving you is quit using the app. Um, I wanted to point out the, uh, Things that WhatsApp is known to collect, uh, which is phone number, contacts and address books, profile names and pictures, online data, which uh, specifically like what time of day and when you are online, when you're offline. Um, right. That which, makes sense because they show people, uh, right? Like, oh, they're yeah. active. You can message them now. Yeah. This is all information that WhatsApp has already collected. And Facebook has not been allowed according to their previous terms of service to integrate it into your profile and use it to try to predict exactly where to show the ads to you all a minority report when the dude's walking through and all the ads are popping up hey hey john to check out the okay that that was creepy as fuck it made me hate the movie but according to the apple app store they also reserve the right to collect purchases financial information not sure what that means location all contacts, not just the ones you've contacted, uh, user content, uh, all I identifiers. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> well, yeah, and the Apple, usage yeah. data. They want your Apple thing. Oh, they yeah. Want, oh, the, like the unique ID and stuff. Yeah. Right. So they all of that information is now going to be bundled into Facebook, uh, number crunched and sold to advertisers for, uh, you know, a, a, a couple dollars per person. And Facebook is going to make bank on selling out your information you're welcome way to use an app that said they would always be private yeah and this is why you don't get caught in an ecosystem like this for having all of your communications done that way there's uh 
there's always this um, problem looming with any of these companies that they can be bought out at some point. There's nothing that guarantees that the person running the show today. I mean, somebody might be like, well, here, look, here's the Sir Bemrose secure communication system. We can do voice. We can do text. It'll be great. And then, you know, a year from now, when somebody walks up to Sir Bemrose and says, yeah, I got like a billion dollars. I'd like your company. And you can't get that check fast <laughs> enough and, and sell <laughs> <Hell> out <yeah>. <laughs> everybody that, you know, bought into it. It's like that's uh, it's always going to happen. I mean, not always, and, and but most of the time, I think another fun gem that's been in the Facebook uh, terms of service for quite a while, just in case you you thought, oh, it's OK if I share this with Facebook, is that Facebook reserves the right to share all data with any third party they so designate at their sole discretion and fuck you if you object, which means that if you any data that goes to Facebook actually is given to every single company, every big data company out there on the web who wants to pay Facebook enough money to get access to it. So yeah, it, it it's not, you're not just sharing with Facebook in case you, for some reason, mistakenly trust them. Well, no. this is the case though, with, Everything that you can use, including your carrier's SMS, that it's all being logged. It's all out there in the open. You you cannot uh, expect any privacy on any of these apps. The only one I would say is secure, again, goes back to Tox or something like that, that is open source and has no central mothership. And the the trick is not controlled by a corporation, not not controlled. You know, uh, WhatsApp started out with end to end encryption. And uh, if if I recall somewhere along the way, they changed it to endpoint encryption, which means it's encrypted and then sent to Facebook where they can decrypt it, scan the message, re-encrypt it and send it on to its destination. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. They wouldn't do that, would they? Oh, they're totally trustworthy as much as any of the big mega corporations. Um, another thing in my notes, I don't have much to say on this is, uh, uh, the, the big huge deal in the virtue signaling letter that Zuckerberg sent out saying that, that the United States president represents an unhealthy, un, unnecessary risk. He, he honestly thinks that he is more important than the presidency of the United States. Because he has decided, decided in his soul, uh, you know, he he decided that um, Trump is too much of a risk, and therefore we are going to ban Donald Trump from Facebook. Now, that said, when was the last time that you saw Trump using Facebook to disseminate information? Never. He uses Twitter for almost everything. Yes. So. The the one thing I put next to it was a a Babylon B article, uh, which points out that following the the example set by Facebook, Blockbuster Video has also canceled Trump's account. <laughs> no more movies for you. <laughs> Back in nineteen ninety. I, I mean, I it it doesn't really seem to have much effect to me unless Trump was planning on keeping in touch with his relatives or something on Facebook. It, it's like. It'd be like Facebook, if Zuckerberg coming out and saying, we're going to cancel Sir Bemrose's account. And I'd be like, okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. I'm good with that. Enjoy. Um, but the, the sheer unadulterated hubris of this fucking asshole who makes a couple billion dollars and then just decides that he is going to be one of the people in charge of the whole world. And the problem is that 
y'all motherfuckers continuing to use Facebook and give him money is the reason why he can come out and be a total arrogant prick and decide to globalize the world and choose to be more important than the president of the United States. Yeah, but he's taking his walking orders from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Elon Omar. Are you sure he's not giving them to? That, he, that is a good he is question. He's more powerful than them. Yeah, that, well, that's a good. Well, he is and he isn't because well, they, all he has to do is is change up the way that Facebook advertises to people or modify the algo to give people stories. Like if suppose that that Schumer decided to do something that pissed off Zuckerberg. Imagine suddenly. He just kind of tweaks the algorithm a little bit. And now all the people on Facebook that follow Schumer are shown the kind of stories I see on no agenda social that shows that he's a total douchebag all the time. And all of the lies that he's done and all of the corruption and all of the bullshit that he pulls and gets away with because Facebook is hiding all of it. Zuckerberg knows where the skeletons are in these people's closets. And these people have a lot of skeletons. I think they have to bow down to his ass. Dimension A and Dimension B shall never meet. No, that would be bad. Yeah. The, the Kraken I mean, would be released. That's what makes people like Zuckerberg so incredibly dangerous, even to politicians, is all he has to do is crack open the window to the other dimension and absolutely destroys whatever politician he decides is unworthy. That's a good point. And I wonder, I mean, if Trump is smart, and I think he is when it comes to business, uh, I don't think he's smart when it comes to understanding when you should say things or how people are going to interpret them. I think he's kind of like us in a way where it's like you believe people should be logical and understand that your words mean things. And that when you say, you know, we've got to do the right thing, we got to fight doesn't mean to storm the Capitol. I mean, there are different ways to interpret things. But if he's smart, I think. He goes into either the uh, television news business or a combination of the television news business and the social media business, because Trump, if he opens up his own, you know, if if he has like his own no agenda social, if he has like Trump social, think about it. uh, They pointed out on no agenda yesterday that if Trump decided to create his own news network, because frankly, Fox is failing the the people on the right and the people on the right don't have a mainstream outlet anymore because Fox has just decided to go full libtard too, and never go full libtard. Uh, if Trump decided to open up a conservative news network, it would pretty much instantly become the biggest network in the country. Yeah, because it would be the only one. All the liberals yeah. would split amongst themselves. And one side is that, you know, the, the amount of power that he will. I mean, this is the intriguing thing. I mean, all these people want Trump out of the White House where he's sitting, where his chair is, does not give him the power with the American people that voted for him. Trump could walk out of the White House, you know, the day after Biden's inaugurated. He still has that army of 74 million people. Yeah, that's well, a lot. because there is there's a 74 million people or at least 70 percent of that who genuinely will not believe that Biden is a legitimate president. I I mentioned legitimacy of the presidency earlier. Um, This is, this is going to be the Achilles heel of the, you know, the, the Biden people are all patting themselves on the back. The Democrat, the DNC have executed a, a magnificent coup. And just from the perspective of, of, of observing 
brilliant political moves. The, the whole January 6th thing, Trump got played hard with inviting all of these people in and then their, the propaganda arm of the DNC, aka the media managed to masterfully, you know, they, they let a few people in to the Capitol for a photo op. They usher out all of the, the Congress people, uh, make sure they're plenty scared. Um, bring it, it was masterfully done. It was amazing. And they're all patting themselves on the back. Like, yep, we won this shit. We now own everything. We can do everything. Uh, you know, for example, the, the new gun legislation that is apparently coming on the docket because my God, that's been the Holy grail for the Democrats and the tyrants and the totalitarians. But I repeat myself forever is take away the guns, gut the second amendment, because that way people can't fight against us. And they're doing it. Why are they doing it? Because they honestly believe we won this shit. But here's the thing that's going to kill them. 70 million people in the United States do not believe that the government is legitimate anymore. I I cannot understate just how deadly that is for the Democrat Party, for the the United States as an institution as a a whole. you know, th- these these assholes in the Democrat Party who come up here, Biden will come up and say, we all need to unite because, you know, you you deplorable domestic terrorist. He, he actually, by the way, he called every Trump supporter a domestic terrorist in in a tweet. But I thought um, he wanted it, people to come together. He's that's he wants- his way of saying about <laughs> making people come together. The only way that that the. Democrat Party wants people to come together is everybody on the entire Trump side needs to take a fucking knee and subjugate themselves. And then maybe we will be kind enough to let you back into society. Well, you know what? If that's your society, it's not fucking worth coming back to. And there are a lot of people out there who no longer believe who who literally do not believe that Biden is a legitimate president. And the more he pushes the, you know, if, if we're lucky, it's going to manufacture itself as widespread civil disobedience. Biden will go out there and decree a bunch of things and people will just ignore it. And that's the best case scenario. The progressively worse case scenarios are Biden pushes too hard against a populace, half of whom genuinely don't think that he has any right to say anything at all. And he pushes too hard and we will see violence in the streets that make Antifa look like a fucking daycare. That is what we predicted here before this happened at the Capitol, which was uh, the right has been watching. All of 2020 as BLM and Antifa riot, loot, burn cities down, take over cities. And they went, okay, you're not doing anything to them. Their National Guard's not being called in. People aren't being arrested. People aren't being prosecuted. They went, okay, we've learned. And what happened at the Capitol? They went, our turn. This is our turn. And But it wasn't. The the mob was totally fucking peaceful. They stood there. They were doing what Trump asked, which was, we need you to stand outside and be a lot of people and be really loud. And then uh, a couple people uh, whom at least uh, a couple of whom were 
uh, have already been verified as Antifa members. Yes. And went into the Capitol and did the the couple of things like, you know, sat on Pelosi's desk or whatever. And and that's the one thing that the me- all of the media are are focusing on it. it like I said, masterful mm-hmm. false flag, because the the people that the media are focusing on as these horrible, horrible right wing assholes that must be destroyed at all costs. Turns out the ones in all the pictures were Antifa and have shown up at Antifa gatherings all over the country for the last year. Yeah, there was just an article on the Fox News site, which was showing a BLM member that was one of the ones that went into the Capitol. But of course, no, he just went in to to to, to photograph this and to yeah. and to and to make sure everybody could see what was going on. It's like you trespassed into the Capitol. That's you know trespass. Hello, who owns that fucking building? Um, but we understand that uh, you're not one of those session, people who who says that it's like sacrilege. It was it was a well, desecration. No. It's certainly not sacrilege, but there's there are different layers to what was going. I'm sorry, on. my my local Seven Eleven, I revere more <laughs> than fucking Congress. You know, a good because at least the people there are honest. It's hard. To, yeah, good slurpee hard things to get. I want. You know, yeah, the right. You got to be the right color of blue. Your tongue's got to turn and. uh you know that's the deliciousness but i mean and, even and you're like what flavor is that blue <laughs> right that's what does it taste like it tastes <laughs> like blue it tastes like blue <laughs> there's no other way to explain it but you and know it does i get you know there are there are different layers when i mean we understand federal buildings yes the people own it but you know by the, the same token it's like you can't if antifa stormed the capitol would you be like well that's their house i mean it is but there are laws about you know coming into the building Especially when Congress is in session, I'm surprised yeah. more people didn't get shot. And I don't know what the standard I'm, operating procedure is for the cops or the security that work. Well, at the the, the standard operating procedure for the cops is that when the the Democrat leadership of the Congress tells you that you need to stand down and open the doors to let these people in so that we can get our pictures of them desecrating this holy place. Um, the, the Capitol police want to keep their job. So of course they're going to let people in when they're told to that's, I'm pretty certain what happened. Uh, cold acid in the troll room completely nailed it. The desecration of the Capitol was by the people in Congress, not by the protesters outside. Yeah. By not taking a look at this election more closely. And I don't think the Trump supporters were demanding an overturn. They wanted a fair look at what actually went on but with the you know the woman ashley babbitt was it that got shot i mean it's a tragedy but you understand what you're doing when yeah you're uh, there there is risk to doing shit like that and i yes i don't like it when people get killed that that's uncool you know, and I don't but at know. At the same time, life carries risk with it. None of us are going to get out alive. And if you choose to do things like go into a building protected by people with guns, it's it's a thing that happens. Yes, and while everybody in the government, short of the president, was in the building, from the vice president on down, they were all there. So when a mob comes in. I don't care how and, peaceful things are going to get, and somehow none of them got shot either. You know, well, like one See, cop, there is no justice in this world. Oh, I'm sorry. One cop did die due to injuries that he was received. I'm talking about the Congress people. Oh, I understand. Yeah, because, of course, they have all the protection and they get uh, 
they get whisked away to magic secret bunkers. And I mean, it was the politest riot ever. They were the only rioters I've ever seen that that really respected the velvet ropes. I mean, that was such a thing of beauty to watch. And uh, it was like a tour group walking through the Capitol. It was very calm. I didn't, you know, besides, and and I would, I, I really do believe that the people that were physically pushing the cops and causing this. Yeah. I, I, my bet would be that they were Antifa slash BLM. And I know that sounds very, uh, that sounds very naive from my end of it, but, uh, I think you're going to find out that's the truth in more cases than not. This is, this is now being used by the media everywhere around the, the three or four Antifa members who went into the Capitol for a photo op, one of them grabbed the podium, posed with it for a picture, and then probably put it down because you don't walk out the door with that sort of thing. Uh, you know, somebody who sat in the speaker's chair. Yeah. I, all of these pictures are being parroted across everywhere in the mainstream propaganda machine to point out that anybody who supports Trump must be exterminated. That is literally where they are going with this. The all of the people who did not vote for Biden, all of the people who think that maybe open government and draining the swamp might have been a good idea are now persona au gratin. <laughs> they are all with cheese. And it, that's that is going to be the policy of the Biden campaign. You know what you didn't see in the media, though? I just had to pull this one up. Uh, apparently, uh, it wasn't Wednesday. It was last night, yesterday, Thursday. Um, in Tigard, Oregon, and it is pronounced by the way, John C. Dvorak, if you were listening, it is pronounced Tigard, not Tigard, Tigard, <laughs> Oregon. He probably likes Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Antifa rioted and the police declared it a riot, not me in Tigard, Oregon. Uh, they trashed the front office of a police station, broke windows by throwing rocks through the windows of the police station, uh, spray painted anti-police messages all over the building, several police vehicles and multiple local businesses near the police station. Um, they ended up uh, there. There were no injuries, they were told, but uh Several local residents were told to leave the four block area around the police station. Um, all of this because uh, a cop shot a man while trying to arrest him for domestic abuse and called in that he had, quote, 1234 issues, which, according to the Multnomah County uh, police code site that I looked at, uh, it means behavioral problems or mentally unbalanced. So. You have a person with what a cop decided was behavioral problems or mentally unbalanced who you're going to arrest for domestic abuse. He gets violent. The cop shoots him. This is all what cops do. And 400 people in Tigard, Oregon, trashed a police station and fucked up local cars and businesses just because a domestic abuser got shot. Yeah, because nope. did you hear that on all of the mainstream news media or were you just hearing about the photo ops in the Capitol? Yeah, of the latter, because they don't want you to know the rest. They don't want I mean, this is they want nobody to ever be arrested ever again, you know, unless they're Trump supporters. Right. Well, this was Antifa and they were protesting against cops. Right. So you know, that's funny okay. thing. Funny thing, how they really, really, really thought the cops were great people. 
when they were um, shooting Trump supporters. Yeah. But not so much if if they're shooting a, a domestic abuser, I guess. Welcome to the hypocrisy of 2021. Running yeah. strong. Running very strong. And that's, um, again, dimension A, dimension B. And I don't think I need to say much more about it, but uh, one of the executive orders, actually technically a memorandum from uh, January 5th. So actually the day before the, the Washington, D.C. thing. You mean the planned uh, Trump riot? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Trump did release an executive order, which de- instructs the Department of State to add Antifa as a or to their list of domestic terrorist organizations. So uh, uh, if now this is just an executive order and Trump will not be president for much longer. Now, if if precedent remained, then they have to stay on that list for two more years. Unless, of course, the swamp monster treasonous traitor John Roberts decides that he wants to completely reverse his decision when he's told Trump that Obama's executive orders were enforceable for two years and Trump couldn't do anything about it. He could just reverse that decision and say, yeah, everything Trump did, Biden, you can go ahead and reverse it. And that would be a very deep state thing to do. But if there is any consistency in the Supreme Court rulings, then for the next two years, membership in Antifa will be, at least according to the Department of State, uh, a reason enough to deny somebody entry into the United States and to deny them the ability to open up bank accounts. Ah, see the there's the deplatforming at its greatest. And, so, uh, I I mean, if it sticks, now I have no confidence anymore that the corrupt organization in Washington D.C. would ever enforce this sort of thing. But if the rule, if we go back to the imaginary world that we've left, where the rule of law means anything, then um, anybody who has been identified as a member of Antifa. Uh, would be considered a domestic terrorist and have a whole lot of of State Department issues associated with that. Well, we do need to get back to the rule of law, but the Democrats are in control yeah, of everything luck. now. So, uh, I, no, now we are now in the age of the rule of emotion. If it feels good, go for it. Yes. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't use gender. I mean, the the amount of changes that have happened over the last. Well, four years, obviously, with the Trump presidency, but over the last 10 to 15 years is just is staggering that it's happened as fast as it has. And it's all because people stopped expecting facts and being, I guess, given facts. And you're absolutely right. It's gone to complete emotional control. And the it can be said for. All of the BLM stuff, it could be said, you know, for all the George Floyd stuff, it could be said for all of the COVID stuff, which is reality doesn't matter. It's all about fear and anger. And what did you think was going to happen when fear and anger has reigned for as long as it has? I think if we can be sure, if we can be sure of nothing else with regards to this situation, we can be sure that they did not think. Well, they thought it was going to usher in their utopia of socialism or communism. Maybe they felt that, but I don't believe that they thought that may be true. That that may again. This is we. If we wish it, oh, it'll happen. If we just wish it hard enough, it'll happen. 
which is why they're still yes. pushing this stuff. And I do believe they're yes, going. To- I am a special snowflake. The world must conform to whatever utopia I've made up in my mind. Unless you're Donald Trump, in which case everything he's ever said or done must be erased. Just wait for that. Well, that's Trump's why never been a special snowflake. That's why they're trying to do, you know, even now we can impeach him. It's like, really? He's out of office. Yeah. <laughs> what is the fucking point? Because then they can. I mean, again, this, I think, is a more nefarious thing going on. But uh, you know what? It'll take more than two weeks to do that. I say if I were Trump, I'd be like, bring it on. I'm just going to go ahead. Like, I've got some pardons to write. I've got some more executive orders to pen. I, I'll be doing my job. And you guys go do your impeachment, because by the time you walked the papers from one side to the other it won't matter (laughs) yeah i mean do you believe like i do that trump should pardon himself everybody in his family and anybody he's talked to for the last four years before he heads out of office i'm no longer convinced that that would matter well by law it would but you're right it's uh (laughs) you know it would well there's again the it would i really believe that would hold up in the courts but whether it uh whether it really changes anything in the we may be going back to the land of lynchings, which you would think that the civil rights, the I, great I, Democrats that would want to. I, I, I think a few more blatant injustices in the courts like John fucking Roberts. Um, and we're going to end up having a bunch of some vigilante justice going on. Yeah, pardon it, everybody in the country, Fletcher, everybody. The, well, except the Democrats. You know what? I, I, I would approve of that. I think. I mean, the Democrats have already let all of the violent offenders out of the prison. The only people left to pardon are the Trump supporters. <laughs> that is true. That is sad, but true. When you have DAs that are being elected, and we've talked about that a lot over the last year, that are being elected that don't want to enforce the rule of law anymore. It is a very weird country that we're living in right now. And I think the United States prospered and was the beacon on the hill for so long because we had a rule of law. And no matter what and you say, speech, yeah, and an well, armed populace. Well, that's it. That's it. The Constitution. And no matter what you say, I mean, you could you could say we still have that. But do we now? I mean, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm sure you can say that because it's still on display in the National Archives. Doesn't mean much else beyond that anymore. Right. I mean, we're seeing plenty of stories which show you don't have freedom of speech. The freedom to bear arms. Well, no, not so much. They're coming after the guns now. But Atlanta, I mean, I hope everybody in Georgia. One, here's the funny thing. I hope the Democrats don't send out the $2,000 checks. That would be my hope at this point. When they were just like, ha ha, Joe just lied to you, assholes. So everybody that came out in Georgia just to get a check. And I don't understand. I know. There's probably some very, you know, legalese on what candidates can and cannot say. But I did pull Biden's quote, which he spoke to the people of Georgia the night before the the runoff election and said, if you send John and the reverend to Washington, those two thousand dollar checks will go out the door. If you send Senator Perdue and Loeffler back, those checks will never get there. It's that simple. The power is literally in your hands. That, I, I think that anybody who believes a campaign promise as blatant as that is, uh, it deserves to be duped. Yeah. 
That sounds like bribery to me, though. That sounds like paying somebody for a vote. We will literally send you a check if you vote for these two people. Yeah. And that's only legal in Chicago. Yeah. We've been doing it for years, so it's okay. But this is the you know incoming president now that offered money for votes and nobody's even going. Did he really just say that? If you send, if you vote these two in, we will have a check in the mail to you. Literally. It's not just that if you send these two to Washington, we will work to get, you know, everything back up and running and you back on your feet. No, this was very specific. We will send you checks. Because on the list of unethical things that he has done just in the last 12 months, let alone during his career, that is number 473. Fletcher said he didn't take the stimulus check. They just put it right in your bank. I mean, if you get it, and you uh, don't want it. There is grumpy old Ben's. I, mean, I don't know. We, I, I, I don't know the scenario for this, but I was informed that for some reason, my wife and I are on the list of people before whom they are not going to deposit in the bank. Instead, they are mailing us a check. And I don't know if that has to do with our tax returns or maybe with our banks. Maybe we just chose the right credit union where they don't hand the federal government the keys to put information or put money in. I don't know. Or maybe Joe just wants to keep your check. He needs to. He needs uh, some, maybe uh, maybe he, Jay wants to intercept it on the way through Olympia. Yeah. I mean, they could need a legal fund for Hunter Biden. Maybe he needs some more crack. I don't well, know. They, maybe. they they would. <laughs> except. Yeah, OK, here's my prediction. Um, January 21st, early in the morning, Biden pens uh, pardon for Hunter. I believe it. I'm, I actually, you know what? I think they would wait until he's actually accused of I mean, something. Although you can do the preemptive do think, pardon. Do you think Joe will last that long? Well, for yeah, that's a good point. Joe may need to do it quick, just because that may be his uh, dead man switch going on. Uh, I don't know, Joe. I mean, the weird thing was watching him speak when the riots were going on. He seemed the most composed and most understandable that we've seen him in the last year, which is weird. So I've got one more executive order that, that came out on January 5th uh, regarding uh, Chinese apps. Ooh, hit me with an executive order. I think we should probably thank some experts. We do have some experts to thank today, including coming in with an executive producership. Sir Quiston comes in with 50 bucks. He included a note which said, I've missed a couple of shows with the family being around over the Christmas New Year period. I mean, how dare you? How dare you spend time with your family, Sir Quiston? Yeah, Don't you- what the hell? This is <laughs> in 2020. That's illegal. I know this is like, in, oh, we, we shouldn't have uh, we shouldn't have outed him. The authorities might be looking for him now that they know he spent time with his family. I mean, this is. Yeah, that. That's clearly a service we provide. Yes, yes, it is. Sorry, we <laughs> just turned you into the authorities. That'll teach you for donating to Grumpy Old Ben's. <laughs> just, we pointed him out like he's over there. Uh, he says, uh, and trying to find out how I can get home to Germany when they stopped all flights. Oh, well, uh, that's not good. Uh-huh. I mean, that's it, it does make things a little trickier. Swim fins. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, good, can you, yeah, I don't know. That seems uh, the, the things are going to get very tricky with these. Uh, all of a sudden, at the drop of a hat, like we're stopping I mean, off lights. You're, you're lucky because uh, the Germans of a generation ago, they knew how to man a wall. But uh, and nowadays, they might have some lacks. I mean, you, you might be able to sneak in through some cracks in the wall or 
or I don't know, tunnels, ditches. Yeah, I thought the EU, you could go anywhere, do anything. It was glorious. There were no borders. Ha, 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 CSB yeah. told us it was a utopia. Wait, they're turning yeah, that, at that, each other. That was back when that was back when the EU cared about making promises to its citizens. Yes. Schengen was was one of those carrots where they said, well, you can have this forever if you just bow to our authority. And, and they had to keep that up right up until the point where uh, all y'all were fucked anyway and i mean now they can just start taking away any rights that you may have gained by going into eu because you're pretty much stuck there anyway even the british who (laughs) who voted to leave i'm not convinced that they have yet no i know i know csb is going to come back and be like oh well of course the brits have left look it's official and i'm like yeah well if, if you think that they've managed to get free of all the tendrils you know i believe that the eu is not going to exist in probably about 10 or 15 years. But I mean, this just, I think kind of is an example of the, that. The which EU is, is the fourth Reich, you know, well, it's, it's the EU was like, Oh, this is great. We're all one. People can do anything. They can go anywhere. Everybody should be able to intermingle. We don't have any individual nationalities. Then the, and, 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 and that by the way is totally untrue because if you want to know what it is that continues to tear at the seams of the EU, it is, it is racist statements like please stop praising Austrians on the stream. Yes. yes. It's coming out and, and saying, you know, we don't like this other ethnic group because of their ethnic status. Well, okay. Congratulations. It's it's real hard to create one big happy family when you still have divides like that. Yes. And I don't, I don't blame one single person for that. That's cultural and it's all over the place. And they're very serious. And then what we noticed was everybody all of a sudden was Kumbaya and then then COVID. And then everybody's like, close the borders. We don't want those dirty people in our country. You know, they're spreading disease. Uh, it's, It's really amazing how quickly even here in the United States, we saw that with individual states, you know, like, oh, you want to get into New York? We're going to check you. And then you're It's like, uh huh. Yeah, checkpoints between New Jersey and New York or wherever else. It's uh, it's a little weird, but it, it made you doubt the kumbaya aspect of the EU. But Sir Quiston says, thankfully, all of that should be sorted out. So I will now be returning to my regular Excellent. listening schedule. Thank you, Sir Quiston. For- well, in, in that case, Sir Quiston, then I wish you many, many more days with your family before the Stasi comes and gets you. Yeah, well, no, I think they may be more free than us now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's not saying much. Right. We, we we need to go to Germany. I mean, where do I mean, really, where do you relocate? If you let's just say, let's just say Antarctica. we were let's, Antarctica, maybe uh, you know, Mars. If we were just smart, <laughs> maybe Elon has the right idea. I mean, I'm just like, OK, you know, if I would have just been able to get together like forty thousand dollars earlier this year when Bitcoin was right, at, just rounding to make this easy. When Bitcoin was at 4,000, if I could have just gotten $40,000 together, bought 10 Bitcoin, you, you would be multimillionaire at this point. It's, it's a bizarre thing. But think, you know, I'm sure somebody did that. And if you did, please. Oh, I'm certain people did. Please. It's one of the re- In fact, lots of people have. It's one of the reasons why Bitcoin has been going up is lots of people are still buying it. Yes. If you're one of those people that made millions in Bitcoin, please remember us here at Grumpy Old Benz, GrumpyOldBenz.com for all of your donating needs. Uh, yes. Next on the list. We, we poor podcasters who missed the 
Yeah. Yes, I know. And it's like, you know what I'm, the way I kind of, you know, still keep telling myself because really 4,000 bucks is, is not a small amount of money. I mean, to me, I don't know to you or to anybody listening. Um, I mean, I could have scrounged together 4,000 bucks and put it into that. And it felt to me like going to Vegas and putting it on either red or black, which was, there's a really good chance it's going to double in money. It's, or, you know, if you're playing, let's, let's go roulette because roulette is actually more accurate in this case. There's a good chance it's going to go to zero and there's a good chance it could go up and roulette, I think pays what 35 to one or something if you hit the right number. And that's kind of yeah. what Bitcoin is. And it just happened to hit, but. And, and that's the, what, what, that's exactly what's going to happen with Bitcoin is it is going, it is going to continue to go up and up and up right up until the, the Biden IRS comes out and says, we're making crypto illegal now. And I believe that could be the case because they've and been very, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. They've been very clear on a lot of things, including Elizabeth Warren saying, we're coming for all of your wealth. And it doesn't matter if you've already paid your taxes on it. If you have wealth sitting anywhere, we're coming after it. Well, Bitcoin is the epitome of yeah. wealth and, sitting and somewhere. Bit, Bitcoin represents the the new uncontrolled wealthy, which is a threat to the old established wealthy who are the ones who control the government. Like uh, you know, Bill Gates has all of his money in in the stock market. Warren Buffett, uh, you know, Bezos, uh, they, they have all their money in, in the old style systems that have to continue to be propped up indefinitely. And any of these new systems of wealth are a threat to them. So uh, again, from a purely incentives perspective, the people who de facto run the government are threatened by the existence of this new money and therefore, there is the incentive to use the government like a hammer and come down and say, yeah, all Bitcoin is now bad. And, and does, does I don't know, know if they can make that stick. And in that case, the best friend of Bitcoin is the legitimacy crisis of the government where people are going to already have reason to stand up in mass and go, not my government anymore. Right. And I want to know if Bitcoin is treated like gambling earnings. Which in this country, as far as I understand, after talking to a uh, an accountant who deals with a lot of people, one who was close to a professional gambler, he's like the interesting thing about gambling losses. Close to like like he communicates with a professional gambler, or close to like he's nearly is one. Like he's nearly. You don't want that in your accountant. That's his no. He knows one, not himself. Um, but he has a client who is nearly a professional gambler, and he's like the interesting thing is. When it comes to you making money gambling, you know, you have to pay that as a an earnings, which makes sense. But it goes on like a daily or per session basis, meaning if I lose ten thousand dollars today, well, then you don't get a tax break and I go make ten thousand dollars tomorrow. Well, you have to pay it on what you make. Yeah, I was going to say, of course, the IRS would be like, well, it doesn't matter that you lost 10,000 yesterday because you gained it today. Yes. So give us money. They don't um, offset. So it's as, like if you spend as, a, if you spend one hundred thousand dollars and then yeah. win one hundred thousand and you lost the hundred thousand first, you still have to pay his income. Yeah, because the house always wins. And yes. the, the house above the house is even greedier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they have guns. As far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong about this because as we've already established on this show, I am not a Bitcoin investor. Um, 
the United States IRS treats any Bitcoin gains as capital gains, which is that you you will have the taxes extracted from you when you convert that Bitcoin back to fiat currency based on how much money you made depend from when you bought it. Okay, that makes sense. So if you if you buy at five thousand and sell at ten thousand, they're gonna consider that to be ten you know ten thousand of capital gains on the day that you sold it. And then they're going to come and be like, okay, you made or you made five thousand in capital gains, so send it to us. And if you been that, following- that, by the way, the, the ten forty super easy. Tell us how much money you right, made, right. send it to us. Have you figured out have you been following this closely enough? Because I can't figure out why Ripple is now going to be treated as a security, but I don't think Bitcoin is. I don't understand the difference between this and uh and this is what crashed the I, whole I try Ripple not thing. to I try not to understand most of the tax code. Yeah, I don't understand the whole uh the whole whether it's a because it seems to me because most people don't use Bitcoin as a currency. They use it as a, you know, as an investment at this point, which kind of seems like it acts more like a security than a a uh a something that you're using as like I a mean, currency the, or a fiat. The, the most simplified form of the US tax code is uh you pay a tithe to you you tell the IRS how much you made or or if you're if you're lucky you don't even have to your employer tells the IRS how much you made and then you send a tithe in or they send guns to your house that that's how taxes work ooh i want guns so okay so if i just don't pay my unfortunately, taxes unfortunately those guns are attached to people who want to walk away with their guns your guns and your money oh no no i don't want that i, I like yeah. the other part better just send me guns and then i can <laughs> i can make more money i tell you uh but uh, okay, uh, yeah, this the, this expert segment is taking forever. And we thank you, Sir Quiston, for that. Uh, next on yes. the list, Augustine Lamoth, who is a Roganite. I mean, I, I got his letter for uh, No Agenda because he accidentally sent us the No Agenda uh, uh, donation, which was his first. So I, I gladly refunded that back to him. He wasn't paying any attention, which uh, you got to be careful when you're sending unscrupulous people money on PayPal. Because he said yeah. no agenda more. How could you send them more, Augustine? Wait, are, are in in this scenario, you are you just accusing John and Adam of being unscrupulous, or are you talking about us? No, me. <laughs> That's okay. that was pretty clear. I thought, um, but no. I mean, anybody that uh, I mean, if you would have accident, this is this is one of the problems with Bitcoin. Is that if you accidentally send money to somebody, there's a pretty good chance you're never getting it back. And I don't know what PayPal would have done because I mean, we're honest that. Uh, you know, if PayPal, after he sent us the donation that was meant for no agenda, if you go to PayPal and like, oh, I sent that to the wrong email address. I don't know if it's like an instantaneous thing like Bitcoin, like, well, the money's sent. We can't magically pull it back unless they, def- you know, there was fraud involved. But I digress. He did the letter to no agenda. He didn't send one to us. So he, I guess he doesn't love us as much. But in the no agenda, he mentioned he was a Roganite. So we do have some Roganites now. Woo. And then it was his birthday. I don't know if that was like yesterday. I didn't see the date, but happy birthday. Happy birthday. Augustine from the grumpiest podcast in the universe. And thank you for becoming what, an expert. When are you going on Joe Rogan? I don't know. I, I'm waiting. Augustine, hook that up for me. Can you call up Joe's people and see if you can get me on? I want to tell Joe that we can do some jujitsu or something like that. And uh, Although I, I don't support it. If you send anything like you did last night on hog story, it was a great hog story last night. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, I like being the center of attention, but I was the topic <laughs> of the whole fucking show. <laughs> That's what you wanted. 
You told me to stop do that. talking about me. You told me to do that. You said you wanted. You're always depressed if I stop. No, talking actually, about I you. told you to go jump in a river, but oh, somehow you interpreted it wrong. I do. I don't get a lot of things right. That that happens all the time. But uh, last on the list today, truck driver three coming in with five bucks again. He came in with a donation that was split between grumpy old Ben's random thoughts and the rock and roll pre-show. And he says, happy new year, a little belated, but that's okay. Loving the shows. And we appreciate the support truck driver. Thanks for listening to all of my bloviating and Ryan's lesser bloviating. Yeah. It's not that uh, the, the, the new year thing. Um, I, I saw another, <laughs> another great meme. You know, it's one of the only sources of content I have for this show is memes. Uh, well, that's said, because uh, you won't and you won't have JavaScript on. You won't go to a lot of websites, but somehow well, there's a meme factory coming through well, your house. JPEGs work great without JavaScript. Just <laughs> letting people know out there. That is that's um, one benefit. It, 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 it does work. No, it said, uh, um, you know, I, after the seven day free trial of 2021, I've decided that I'm not interested and would like to send it back. Yes, we want our money back. We didn't. It's free. This is this is the ultimate in you are the product for the, yes. nice, the nice folks providing 2021. Yeah, you think 2021 is for you? No, you're the product. You're being sold. No. And I mean, people, the only advice about all the insanity that's going on, because I mean, it's sad. I mean, I'm seeing stuff in the troll room more than usual from people that have been around for a while that are expressing that they're deflated, that they're depressed. That everything that's going on is kind of getting to them. And I mean, I get it. Things are looking like they kind of suck, but you have to, again, understand history and that there have been ebbs. There have been flows. Things go up. Things go down. And I don't believe this is the end of the world. I mean, we may be getting inching in that direction, but I don't think we've crossed any magical line yet that is dooming us to uh, a horrible future. I think as of many bad things that came out of what happened at the Capitol, I choose to look at this as there's a positive to take out of this, which is the people are willing to rise up and not just the people that are on the side that I view more as lawless. And I get dimension a dimension B, but I look, you know, at the BLM, I watched that. I looked at the Antifa. I watched that the stuff that they were pulling over the past year and more, it's good to know that people that are on the other side are willing to fight back. Cause I was the, the thing I was worried the most about was that the right was going to put their heads in the sand and the BLM Antifa movement was going to keep getting more and more liberal and more and more violent. And people were going to be like, Oh, I can't handle the, the chaos. And everybody on the right side for lack, I mean, who cares which side you're on, but the people on the right side, were just going to let it happen quietly I mean, they kind of are not all of them though we're that's what we saw at the capitol didn't we that the people on the right are willing to start standing up it, it's a characteristic of the people is that in general if you are progressive that means that you don't like the status quo you want things to change as a result um, people on that side are highly likely to be activists activists will go out and uh, at the drop of a hat, do what they can to make change, to make waves, to modify things. As a result, uh, people on the progressive side are always going to get more attention 
by pulling stunts and doing things uh, as opposed to the people on the conservative side, the word conservative itself tends to be in favor of status quo status quo is sitting at home, uh, raising a family, wanting to keep to yourself and above all, just wanting to live your own life without interference. And that type of person is not given to political activism. And in fact, in so much as the, the situation is bearable, they will sit there and bear it in silence and not be heard. And that's why I honestly believe that there are far, far more people who are perfectly happy with the status quo and just want to be left alone to live their lives. than there are activists, but the activists get all the attention and that's where you get, I mean, what you see here where the activists are driving the country right now, they are the ones at the wheel because all of the people who just want to be left alone are hoping it all blows over. And I admit I'm hoping it all blows over too, but it's not looking like that's going to happen. And like I said, the, the worst case scenario, both for them and for anything resembling peace is that it gets bad enough that the people who just want to be left alone finally stand up and say enough is enough and take action. Well, it's because the activists activists, are having a negative impact on their lives. Finally, of course they are. (laughs) Then they have been, but, but when the negative impact is small enough that, Oh, I can just shrug it off and bear it. Then the activists are left unchecked. But the problem is that all the evidence is that the DNC, the Democrat party, the, People, the party being driven by activists, uh, it's accelerating their idiocy. And the time is coming soon that people won't be able to bear it. And and like I said, when when the people who just want to be left alone finally get fed up and realize that, yeah, th- this can't stand anymore, the activists aren't going to know what hit them. Well, and I look at it, we can you look at religion and you talked about the Bible earlier. There's a big difference. Between a group of people saying, we're atheists, we don't believe in religion. And to that, I say, okay, that's cool. I don't mind that. And then there's the next step of, you can't believe in religion either. Yeah. See, that's where the problems start coming down. You know, this is, you know, I used to have a friend who described himself as a militant agnes or militant agnostic, which was uh, his, his line was, I don't believe in God and you don't either. Right. And that's or, where it, not, it was. No, it was, it was I, agnostic. I don't know if God exists and you don't either. That was the line. And that is true. That's where faith comes in. But that is where the lines start getting crossed, I believe, which is it's fine. I mean, it's the whole live and let live thing. Yeah, it's do whatever you want as long as it doesn't affect me. And that's the libertarian view. And that's the way I've always looked at a vast majority of things when like, you know, gays getting married was a big deal. It's like, who cares if they want to get married? Let them get married. I don't care. And if 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 the wokists were content to they have their Facebook and Twitter, and if they were content to allow the other people to have their own private space and exist, then we'd have no problems. But it is not in the nature of wokists to abide the existence of anything that challenges their worldview. And the the result is that the wokists cannot leave well enough alone. They cannot leave you alone. It is not in their ideology to accept that you exist unless you are on board with them. 
which is why as long as the wokists are driving the Democrat machine, the conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's not good. Segregation and, and, is the only answer. And, well, I, and, you know, segregation might well be given that we we pretty much recognized irreconcilable differences between the sides of this country. Um, it makes it completely and utterly ridiculous that we are forcing ourselves to choose one side or the other to rule the whole country. If there are irreconcilable differences, the at this point, I think the only peaceful path to resolving the differences is to take all the people who want to be left alone and let them all move to a flyover state or wherever we split the country. The left and right coasts can somehow do their thing and be progressive and tax themselves into oblivion and become third world Venezuela's. And if they're not affecting those of us who don't want any of that idiocy, we don't care. But the problem is that segregation is not going to be acceptable because the wokists are not satisfied with just creating their own fucked up socialist utopia. Right. They will not be satisfied as long as anybody else is prospering. They are still angry. It's the same concept of why the kids saved that video of the girl singing the N word to a rap song and then brought it out three years later because they were going to teach a lesson. I'm not happy and no one else can be either. Yes. In Venezuela, Ozzy Guillen, the great World Series winning manager of the White Sox back in 2005, who came from Venezuela. That was exactly his quote on social media while this thing was going on at the Capitol was what the hell? This is looking a lot like Venezuela. So people were getting there. We are getting there and uh, it's not going to be fun, but we do work on the value for value model. We forgot to mention that grumpy You can click the donate button one time or monthly. You can use the QR code for the, the whole, uh, you know, the Bitcoin thing. And you can also, uh, you can also do the snail mail. Oh, hold on. I, there were, I do have an extra thing. For, uh, I forgot there was snail mail yesterday. I need a better system about this. I feel like JCD all of a sudden. Well, do you have any children that you can co-opt into slave labor to do your books for you? No, because that's JCD's method. No, I wish I did. I wish I did. I wish I did. Um, But we have $20 from our buddy, Sergeant Fred, who loves to use the snail mail. And thank you, Sergeant Fred. And And if you have not heard Sergeant Fred's 2030 podcast uh, that he does with, uh, I am going to get this name wrong. Dan, you know what? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Dan, yeah, I'm forgetting too, but we have, uh, he sent a couple new business cards. One is podcastreporter.com, which is one of his sites along with the 2030podcast.com. Okay, com. was totally freaking wrong. He does the 2030 podcast with Matt Cox, who is uh, also does one, a show called Brunch with the Brits. They, I've never listened to that one, but they mention it every show. It's probably good. Check it out. Um, 2030 podcast it is usually between 15 and 30 minutes so it's a really quick listen you don't have to allocate a lot of time to it i know a lot of podcast listeners are like i don't want to listen to another show they're too long and grumpy old ben's is definitely in that category (laughs) 2030 podcast real quick they get in get to the point get out yes Uh, check it out sergeant fred is succinct and that is we we enjoy that He, he did send a letter which you oh. wipe that up against the front of the microphone. It'll make noise. That's the beautiful thing about paper. Dear it wasn't G- a beautiful noise. Dear G.O.B., 
wanted to donate to you for all the value you guys bring to us podcasters. I have included my business cards. You can see all three shows. Wait, am I missing one? Look at this again. After seeing that the stream followed the No Agenda show, so this one of us, okay, must have been the 2030 podcast, followed the No Agenda show. Um, our thanks to you and Sir Bemrose for promoting our show. We'll keep this going because we also feel grumpy old Ben's and random thoughts provide value to us all. Thus, here are my well, business cards. Ben's does. Yeah, I know. R- random thoughts. It hasn't been good lately. Um, we start keep talking a, about baseball. We start. It's coming back. I hear. Uh, here's hoping we start a better year of 2021. Keep up the great value to us. Airborne all the way. Sergeant Fred podcaster. And he is a podcast. Let me look at these business cards again here. We have uh, the podcast reporter.com. We had that. Uh, so we've got that. And you can reach Sergeant Fred. I mean, this is good. The podcast reporter at gmail.com. So if you want to reach out to him, he's in Austin, Tejas near the podfather 2030podcast.com and where is the looking here where's the third one and this is a different card here uh podcast oh the strugglingbiz.com biz the strugglingbiz.com have to check that out as well sergeant fred does good work and he they do a, a podcast that one has good content and the audio quality is good compared to a lot of the shows out there he understands he's the which end of the microphone to talk into which not everybody that on the no agenda, help. no agenda stream does you, at all <laughs> you times. saw that picture you saw that picture i sent you of carl from watp i did yes i well, mean it's obviously a cardioid yes. because it picks up every sound in the entire room and several sounds upstairs you that you can hear on the show but um he, he the microphone was positioned literally it was like in the shock mount positioned 90 degrees to his mouth which would be perfect if it was uh, a, a what is it spheroid? No. Well, there's uh, well, there's dynamic and condensers. Then there are different patterns of what the microphones picked up. You know, the cardioid is the main one that picks up everything directly in front of it. But there are microphones that are front address and there are side address. Now, I like the broadcast microphones, which are every microphone that I really like. You talk into the end of it. So if you're like holding a pencil, it's like you're talking into the top of the eraser where these other microphones, the side address ones, the microphone is straight up and down like you're holding a pencil talking into the side of the eraser. And that always seemed weird to me. But there is, uh, you know, there's different ways to go about it. But, yeah, talking into the microphone itself is helpful and it, it does minimize the room. Because once you start talking away, then things start getting a little more hollow and echoey and uh, which is and why, the, you know, and, and, and <laughs> I, I, I had somebody talking to me yesterday. It might have been you uh, about uh, why it's so difficult to get audio quality in a video podcast or, you know, you either get bad audio quality because your mic has to be out of frame so you can see your face right. or you have a gigantic microphone directly in front of the person's face, which the the problem is that the video wants to get the front of the face, but at the same time, that's where the sound comes out. So for best audio quality, that's where your microphone needs to be. And so the best sounding podcasts always have a microphone obscuring the person's face and the best looking ones always sound like they're recording from the side of the room. Right. Adam Carolla has been on a few shows recently. And all you could see is his eyes. He has this huge microphone in yeah. front of him. 
but you hear and them I mean, very if well. I had to do video, I would probably invest in a much larger microphone for exactly that reason. <laughs> oh, see, but that, I understand a lot of people aren't about that. That would be genius to do the show. All you could see is like the top of your head, not even your eyes, just like this big microphone in the top of your oh, head. I'd be like, uh, 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 what, what was uh, the home improvement? The neighbor Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Always loved that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole that maybe that's a new podcast we could do like over the Although, fence. You know, by the same point, we are officially old fuddy duddies for uh, in in terms of audio quality. We are way behind the times because if if modern YouTube videos and news reports are any indication, um, the real way that podcasts should sound now is we're doing it wrong. Real podcasts need to sound like this, where you've got a piece of cloth right over your face when you're talking. And that way. Nobody can really understand what you're saying because you're talking through a diaper and, and that's how you virtue signal in a podcast. Right. You have to virtue signal now, even if it's audio only that way yeah. they, they know you're wearing your mask. It's, exactly. It's very important. It is very important, but thank you, Sergeant Fred and everybody should. That check wasn't out a mask. Show. Actually, it was a cat, but same thing. <laughs> well, the cats get angrier. I think yes. when you, when you put them over the microphone, I could be wrong, but uh <laughs> You know, Darth Darth Radar just said the same thing in the troll room. You see, then he right. knows that he's yeah. You don't you don't want to hold the cat to your mouth. They may have COVID. We've heard that there were some cats that had COVID. That would. That well, would I yeah, I gave it to her. Your cat's gonna take you out, man. Did you yeah. say there was another presidential order that we needed to cover here? Uh, uh, there is. I mean, we're way over time, so why not continue? Right? Why not go um, longer? Actually, this one isn't that it's there's not that much to it, but uh, it shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, and the same the the same disclaimers apply that this executive order might get completely reversed uh, by Joe Biden and John Roberts uh, two weeks from now. But um, on the fifth, again, on Tuesday, uh, Trump issued an executive order banning all transactions between any U.S. company or person and the Chinese apps, Alipay, CamScanner, QQ Wallet, ShareIt, Tencent QQ, VMate, WeChat Pay, uh, WeChat Ooh, Pay, WeChat or WPS big. Office. Yeah, WeChat's um, big, isn't it? It is. In fact, it's huge. In, in It's one of the primary ways that people pay for things in China. Um, so uh, the executive order cites threats to quote national security foreign policy and the economy of the united states which uh yeah of course you're going to cite that but it's also kind of true um it says that all this data permits china to track the locations and build dossiers on federal employees and contractors uh it it's kind of worded such that as screw the u.s citizens because you know they're not important but Honestly, that's the way it's supposed to go. U.S. citizens are supposed to be responsible for themselves. The federal government is not supposed to be the ones protecting us. I'm supposed to protect me. You're supposed to protect you, et cetera. So I approve that. However, um, if from a U.S. security perspective, it doesn't pay to allow the CCP to build dossiers on federal employees. So that's what this is aimed at. Uh, it bans, quote, any transaction by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. That, by the way, is a lot of people uh, with persons that develop or control the following Chinese connected software applications. 
So uh, nobody in the U.S. or subject to the jurisdiction of the U.S. is allowed to have any transaction with the people that develop or control these apps. The apps were listed by names, but uh, the people who control it, like Tencent develops and controls QQ Wallet and QQ. Um, that's like half of the cheap, shitty Chinese apps in the app store are now going to be illegal to install. I wonder if Apple's going to pull those. Somehow I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. They want to prosecute all the Trump supporters. So I mean, there's yeah. there's something to be said there for uh, continuing to to go along with Apple while you let Tim Cook uh, run the show. But we've talked about what can happen with all of these Chinese apps and how these apps aren't sandboxed, how these apps can steal information from other apps because the security yeah. involved in this is not good. So, I mean, there, I, there was a period where every other week we'd bring another example of some kind of massive breach by some Chinese app. Yeah. Which means, I mean, I think maybe it would be easier to say government employees. You can't use these apps, although you would have to, again, would have to have some pretty serious repercussions uh, because people are just going to be like, well, you know, they'll never know I'm downloading this app. I, I, I think that the correct repercussion is that if you violate the law, then you shouldn't be a government employee. I now, agree. It turns out that 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 consequence isn't applied to people at the very top, like right, right. like Congress. So it's really hard to justify applying it to anyone else in government. The hypocrisy rains down quite hard when it comes to this stuff. Yep. And, you know, they, this is why this story, the solar wind story, I mean, I've still been following it, but, you know, it's kind of seemingly as far as the mainstream goes, kind of been swept under the rug at this point, which I still don't understand because uh, if this was the Russians, well, because because a mob desecrated the Capitol, <laughs> but the Russians got into all of our things, including our nuclear facilities, and they were taking it. But but they didn't they didn't touch anything with voting. Let's just remember nothing with voting. Right, right, right. Even though this a happened, everything before in the, the government election. was impacted. But you can trust the voting machines. Yes, <laughs> even though this all happened well before the election, and they got into everything from the Department of Defense and the I mean all down the line. I mean I don't think there was a government agency that they were like, hey, but they did it right and they weren't using the software and. uh you know, they were spared and they now the story's like, well, we think it was just a, you know, fact gaining, you know, and so it's like, OK, so I, this is, makes me even think more that they did something with the voting because they're like, no, no, they were just looking. They were just taking information. They didn't they didn't change anything. No, they were just looking. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> really? What are the odds of that? I, I don't. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, uh, I mean, if 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 the federal government and and i i've also been kind of following the solar winds hack and uh, i i mean new revelations are coming out that are even more scary but uh, the the bomb has already been dropped and anybody following appropriate security procedures is pretty much going to look at this and go yeah um every single agency that has ever looked at this software you have to gut your entire IT system, throw out everything and go buy all new, which what I just said is probably making some of the dudes named Ben out there <laughs> shit their pants. Yes, because that's that's a scary proposition. But from a purely security standpoint, uh, the access 
granted by this intrusion is so great that you literally cannot trust any system that this software has been near ever again. Yes. Which, um, how do you know what data you can bring back onto this machine? Because that's also the other problem. It's like, well, okay. So the only, the only solution then is, uh, you know, the IRS got hit by this intrusion. Therefore, out of good security practices, they have to throw out all of their data on all U.S. citizens and how much they made for the whole year. It's it's the only way to be secure. So they're not going to be secure. Well, of course, they're not going to be secure. They're the government. <laughs> they want your money. They want your money and they want it now. I mean, maybe we'd be better off. Under in in fact, rule. you know what? It, it, why do we even need the IRS? The government is printing free money and and modern monetary theory says that as long as they keep printing money, it's free and it comes out of the magical ether anyway. Why are we even collecting taxes? Why am I having taxes stolen from me if you can get the same amount of money by manufacturing it out of thin air? Well, that's what Bitcoin is. Everybody buy a Bitcoin right now. It's going to go up a thousand percent tomorrow. Yay. And then donate it to Grumpy Old Benz. Yes, definitely donate it to Grumpy Old Benz so we can keep this program on the air to help your sanity to, you know, we are, uh, as sad as this may be, we are a reliable source of information on the Internet. We are one of the few that is at least trying to look at these stories from every possible aspect that we can bring logic to them and have to laugh at the people like Governor Pritzker who say, let's be very serious about this. Uh, Hitler was never right about anything. Well, then I'm going to go down the list of everything Hitler said. And if Hitler said, you know, J.B. Uh, wait, here's my latest quote. J.B. Pritzker should not be beaten to a pulp with a baseball bat. Oh, well, Hitler's not right about oh, Hitler, anything. Hitler was definitely wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, well, no. It, it, yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, I guess. Everybody can. Well, use- we, the listeners of Grumpy Old Ben, certainly appreciate you praising Hitler and giving us lots and lots of lines to pull out of the show. Because that's what CSB thought we were doing. It's like, you can, you know, this is again learning history, CSB. It may be uncomfortable to learn history, but that's why it's important to learn history. I mean, the, Trump is going to be more portrayed by the people on the left. Not a lot differently than Hitler, I don't believe. And that's also a very sad comparison when you know the reality of what went on in both in both cases. But that is just the insanity that we've come down to. And it's time. Everybody's got to stand up and be like, I'm not going to take this insanity anymore. And if you really are feeling like the government on a national level is totally failing you, and I know a lot of people are feeling that way, run for local office. Do it, you know, whether yeah. it, it doesn't or, matter. Or you run for it until the cops discover you and then run from it. Right. Run from the uh, run from the local. No, I mean, run. Yeah. You know, you get out there. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And do you, something. you may try to get elected and not actually not actually do what the Antifa and Tigered Oregon did, which was they ran toward a local office. That's right. That's <laughs> smash the hell out of it. I, see, this is why we have to be very specific with our language. I mean, neither you or I can actually run for office now that we have this podcast because. Oh, yeah, I, uh, I'm unelectable. <laughs> so let's see. That's OK. That should be the name of a new show. We do unelectable with Ryan Bemrose and Darren O'Neill. We are unelectable. I like that. 
But I mean, with that's that, kind of what this show is. It is just a different name. Oh, and did you know Ben's means something totally different too in uh, Hindi? That uh, did, it was it was explained. I did not the, know, and I think I'm happier not knowing. You probably are because it was. I think the equivalent was uh, basically uh, Madam. So it's, it's oh, thanks. Way to fuck up my happiness. We may be we may be getting a lot of listeners who think this is a totally different, differently gendered show, and if so. We're sorry for any unintentional. This is what the left would demand, right? Though we are, we're very sorry for any unintentional deception that you may have perceived by the name. But we are not sorry for any intentional deception, right? We we are very much behind the intentional deceptions. With that said, we'll be back to intentionally, no, unintentionally, no, to to intentionally spread more of the truth next week on Monday. Until then. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the politics sucks. But, you know, the pizza and Italian beef still good. And from America's left coast, where the illegitimate illegitimate leaders are legitimately having a legitimacy crisis. I'm Ryan Pemrose. That's deep. (laughs) 